Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and San Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 3.41, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Comac, New York. It is Tuesday night. It is 9.30 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, internet talk show, uh, podcast, sports, all sorts of stuff. Hi. Hi. I'm Sam Pete. Uh, welcome to the show. We have a, a great show tonight. Uh, we're going to talk sports. Nice. No big deal. Just going to have a conversation. It's going to be nice. Plenty of Jets to talk about. Giants to talk about. Yankees season ending. Uh, A-Rod's an awesome teammate. According to certain writers here in New York, he's awesome. And later in the show, uh, we're going to talk to an old friend of mine. Uh, from Detroit, an actor, uh, a, he's a Bon Vivant, he's a Bon Vivant guy, huge Tigers fan, uh, Rich Hutchman, uh, my buddy Hutch, is going to join us to talk to Cal and I about the World Series, his Tigers are there, they're back, they really, really need to win, it's been a long time, 1984 of course, uh, so he's going to join us later, we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about uh, uh, acting, commercials, all sorts of stuff. So he's going to join us, and uh, we got a show nice. We may talk about Andy Boss later. Cal and I are going to our yearly Jet game. That's this weekend, our once a year Jet game. So we got to talk tailgate. We got to talk uh, what we're going to make, what we're going to cook, what we're going to eat nice. It's a big day, big night. So without further ado, uh, let's bring in uh, the co host, the man who co hosts the show with me. He looks like he's grabbing no. his throat. He looks like he's maybe he's hoarse. Maybe he's got maybe he's got something going on upper respiratory. I don't know. Could be anything. But here he is, direct from an engagement at Bally's in Atlantic City. And if you didn't see the eleven o'clock show last uh, Friday night, wow, did you miss something? I did not know he could do that. Here he is, the one, the only, Cal Neva Calpino Caliente, Mr. Brian Calvi. Hi, Brian. Hello, Stephen. How's that for an intro, buddy? Well, certainly impossible to live up to. So thanks for that. Right. Well, it was a heck of a show that you. That music always makes me think that you're like a Vegas uh, sort of person. 
Yeah, we did this thing with the with the interlocking rings. The, the crowd got a <laughs> got a kick out of that one. You're still doing that old bit, huh? Well, we added the unicycle this year. Right. To jazz it up. The inter the interlocking rings bit. Yeah, it was good. Good for you. Yeah, a little magic, a little singing, a little dancing. You like the Osmonds. Oh yeah, I'm like an Osmond. Right. You do not look unlike an Osmond, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. You got a little Donny, a little in the face. See a little Donny Osmond. I was hoping to have a little Ken Osmond, actually. <laughs> Can we get a ruling on Marie Osmond? Uh, do I look like Marie Osmond? No, no, <laughs> no, not if you solid, uh, rate, overrated, underrated. Uh, she was solid for the time, I think. She's a period piece. She is a period piece. Yes. I don't mean that that way. Yeah, she's in the same period as Susan St. James, I think. Oh, man. of course. And Victoria Principal? Victoria Principal, of course. In there? So right. basically we're into late 70s, early 80s, what's attractive to us. Is that what Pin-ups. we're doing? Pinups. Pinups. Oh, boy. Jack- Jacqueline Smith. The Bishop Pop Culture PJ's head just exploded. That he is. If there was ever a wheelhouse for him. <laughs> right. Seventy late seventies, early eighties pinups. If there was ever a What are you was, implying? <laughs> we're simply implying that this is a topic that you probably have something to say about. That's I all. don't like it. Uh, that's all. That's all. We can't we can't just we can't just enter the show willy nilly. Okay? I'm g- I'm going to attempt to be uh, considerably less... Uh, I don't want to use the word anal. Okay, I'm... Uh, I don't have OCD or anything like that. I'm just... I like things to be certain ways at certain times. You like order. I do. You know what's really bad? What's wrong with that? We're going to get back to the pinups in a second, but I think I think the bishop will appreciate this too. You know what's really bad? I... And I'm finding this, guys. You guys have been married for considerably longer than I have. Not to each other. Not to each other, no. Although, if that was your choice, I love it. Um, And so does Chris Cluey, punter for the Minnesota Vikings. There's a buddy movie. (laughs) Cluey and me? Cluey and me. Um, No, you know what I find? I find that if, if somebody, let's say, I don't know, my wife, just for conversation's sake, let's just throw that out there. She, like, starts something, like she'll do all of dinner, and then her attention will have to go somewhere else, and all of dinner will be out in the kitchen. I can't have it. I get very upset. I have to go in there and clean. It's really bad. It's really bad. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's marriage, my friend. No, but it, it's to the point it, It's to the point of... It, it, I, I used is to have she, thing is of, she asking you, leave it alone, I'll get to it in a second? No. No, and she, you can't stop yourself? You can't help yourself? If she did say leave it alone, I wouldn't. No, I can't I can't stop myself. We used to have this whole thing about my grandmother. I love my grandmother was one of the cleanest like she loved to clean. She actually lived to clean things. You know, and she could cook and she was the ideal woman. But uh she she like dirt would actually annoy her. Like if you got like a finger like a handprint on the refrigerator, it had to go. Like she, she would go for the Windex immediately. Like it, there was no, there was no hesitation. There was no pause. That, right. would, that would bother her to the point of actual distraction, where she would be, I'm so, I can't, I gotta clean, I gotta clean this. And she'd talk to you, of course. She'd give you the running commentary while she's doing it. 
I have to clean this because it's just, it's a sin. I can't have it. I just clean the refrigerator, and I'm gonna now I'm cleaning it. You see how I'm cleaning it? I have to clean it because uh, we can't have fingerprints on the refrigerator. My mother's thing was what you can't of, let what it kind start. of people are these? You can't let it start because it snowballs. I think I think uh, your oh, grandmother like and my mother would have gotten along very well. I like that one. You can't let it start. I like that you one. You can't let it start. <laughs> it's it's like Mussolini apparently. Like you can't. Like like clutter in the house is sort of like Hitler, you know, uh, when he invaded Poland. Like you can't let right. it start; it'll just get out of hand. Right. Steve, as your grandmother was cleaning, did she walk around with the wet hands touching everything? <laughs> in other words, she's cleaning and then she's cooking and then she's moving something and never stopping to to dry her hands. No, never. That was my grandmother. Yeah. Right. She grabbed your face. Right. You got meatball mix all over your face then. Right. Hands are just soaking wet. All well, I, I, I told you my, my, my favorite with my grandmother was like, uh, so she's making meatballs, and then the phone will ring. Right. And oh. so she'll say, the classic, Stephen, you got to get the phone. My hands are made of meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, as like a 10-year-old, you have the visual of like, are your hands <laughs> really made of meatballs? <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, my hands are all made of the meatballs now. You have to do it. My hands are all made of sauce, uh, made of gravy. You have to do it. Did Go you have to the... tuck the phone under her ear, between her ear and shoulder, <laughs> so she could pin it? And they deftly navigated the cord, too. That's right. Well, we had the 20-footer. Uh, my mother worked for the phone company, so we, oh, we had, the, we had the, the, the 20-foot cord. That's no joke. Yeah, that was good enough so you, my mother could come and hit me while on the phone. <laughs> Like go from the kitchen, and my brother and I'd be acting up in the living room. She could make it to the living room, give me the smack on the arm, and then go. Not even pause the conversation. Not even right. pause the conversation. Mm-hmm. Camilla, hold on a second, <laughs> and then back right back to it. <laughs> Probably while holding a cigarette at the same time. Cal, probably. have you noticed your kids are of the age where you probably can silently threaten them while you're on the phone? Kind of. My kids know. You can, give, I, you, can yeah. you can give them that look, right? The look, the 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 quick wave of the hand, like I move. I am moving just enough air so that you can hear me, but the person on the phone cannot hear me. And so help me, if I have to make a sound to get your attention, <laughs> you're going to be killed. Uh, yeah, the the, the you know look. That one. Yeah, the look is legendary. Or the strained neck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where you just kind of like tense your bottom jaw. And the veins in your neck pop out. Right. The crane. Yeah. The, the crane strain. That's nice. Fraser crane. The Fraser crane strain. Right. I uh we Scott and I had it. My brother and I had a classic with my mom. If she was on the phone and we wanted to do something, we would uh, like uh, we wanted to go up the block to play with Kevin or something. You know, like go up to Kevin's to play. Up the block, we would do the little piece of paper with the checkbox. <laughs> Can we go? Can we go up the block to Kev's? Like a ballot, right? Like a ballot, right? It would be like yes box and a no box, <laughs> with a pen, and we'd slide that across the kitchen table, pass the tea and the cigarettes, and then my mother would have that option, while on the phone. Like she's voting, right? Please check one. It's a <laughs> referendum, right? How does how does us asking to go up the block make you feel better about us? Worse <laughs> about us? 
yeah, we you know the, the I'd love to get back to eighty pinups right before we get into sports, but we all had the same mothers and grandmothers. I mean, we really did. Oh yeah, it's it's such a goof that those things are and those things are not regional. You know, like like it, that's the, some things in our upbringing at the time. I know this from being married to a girl who was raised in Texas. Some things are regional. You know, not just like TV commercials on WPIX here in New York or something like that. But I'm talking about like some things are just reasonable, uh, regional. But other stuff, like stuff like that with like the phone, that's yeah. completely universal. Completely. Every one of us got the look. The leave me alone, I'm on the phone look. This is a whole generation now that doesn't understand that when you were on the phone, you used to be confined to the room where the right. phone was. That's they don't even understand the liberation and the freedom that came when the cordless came. How about getting a phone in your room? Oh, like like a second line. Oh, I mean this is this is, there's a myriad of things, and it's not like we're old people, you know. Here, but there's there's a myriad of those types of things that you got in your household that were huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. we never had never had a second line. Eighties, I think. Right, we never had a second line. We had the extension. So I, we had the same line. It's, it's so amazing that I can still remember the phone number I grew up with, too. I can probably remember yours, too, Cal. I think yours, did yours end 6408? That's right. <laughs> well oh, done. Now you know the alarm to Steve's house. That's <laughs> Now everybody knows my luggage code. His old That's house. Right. <laughs> code on my luggage. <laughs> yours was not 499, it, was, it, five, it wasn't 5233. No, no, it wasn't. I know who that was. Oh, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> um, so I want to ask PJ, going back to the 80s pinups, it's a very simple question, and Steve, feel free to answer it too, but I'm really curious to hear PJ's take. Hmm. Um, who, who did I have? No. <laughs> oh. No. Well, who, did you have, who did you have pinned up? Who did you have pinned up? Well, that, that's, please, that's Please finish that. Who, who are you, Hugh Hefner? <laughs> what are you, what are well, you? I was allowed to have posters like that, and I skewed no, 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 I I into but Demi Moore in the eighties. I know, but we're saying, you know, uh, now speaking of pinups, who did you have? Like your Robert Evans? I mean, that's not, that's not what he meant. No, I want. I want to make you know... a star, a baby, a star. <laughs> who did you have up in your room? In your room, a pinup. Not who did you have? Well, I had them all, baby. <laughs> Let's not turn this into Sinatra. <laughs> Ava Gabor or <laughs> Ava Gabor or, or what was it? Ava Gardner or Jaja Gabor. Now I disqualify myself because I had them both. <laughs> the Sinatra. Group. What's your question, Cal? <laughs> which which Cheryl did you go with, Teagues or Lad? Lad. That's it. Not even no, a question. No debate. Lad. Steve, we're gonna need to know why. Teague's or lad? She's really, she's really my only blonde, my only blonde. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, uh, a non-blonde. I'm, I'm a, I'm a brunette, mainly. Four non-blonde? Yeah, you're a four yeah. non-blonde. Good song. Oof. A red and a redhead, second, but not really a, a blonde chaser. I, uh, <laughs> my, my childhood is littered with blondes. 
My first crush being Heather Locklear on Dynasty. Oh. Um, I would sep- uh, definitely say I. I think I go towards uh, Teague's. See now, I would go Heather Thomas. Heather Thomas. Heather Locklear. T.J. Hooker style. Pig. Was she? <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, what? Why would you do that? I just think I would go off sides right there. I just wanted to go off. Oh, cop slang. I see. You were doing cop slang. That's right. 80s cop slang. That was a good show. Cop slang. (laughs) No, that's that's cop rock, you're thinking. It was cop rock. Even Bochco's cop rock. Speaking of all this, speaking of like cop shows and stuff, Cal, you got to ask Rich Hutchman, our buddy Hutch later, about his first. Uh, he was on NYPD Blue, and he was on, like, Law & Order or whatever, and, like, several times he got these roles as pedophiles. Oh, I get like, as, like, the But, like, as the bad guy in, like, an NYPD Blue episode as the pedophile, which runs over and over and over again. And you got to ask him about that. Like, he started, like, he went on another audition. He's like, come on, guys. Like, I can't. I can't that's, that's play like, another, like, a mentally challenged killer. I can't do it. It's a tough typecast. <laughs> You don't gotta, cheat that one easily. You gotta ask about that later. Oh, we 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 had a party with making fun of him for that one. Um, I just wrote it down, so I will ask. The last thing on the pinups is uh, that Heather Thomas is the famous poster. I think everybody, the one with the towel, the half covering uh, towel. Yeah, that was from the Fall Guy. Right, but that was the fam- That was her famous pinup poster, right? Yes, Heather Th- Heather. Locklear was T.J. Hooker, not Heather Thomas. That's right. You're right. Heather Thomas was Fall Guy. The Fall Guy. And as we as we discussed, that theme song was sung by Lee Majors. Lee Majors. <laughs> Who you know? I was thinking for some reason I was thinking about him the other day. <laughs> I swear to you, I was I, his name popped into my head, and I wondered whatever became of him because after the Fall Guy, he really kind of just went away. Right. I don't know if it was by choice or if, if Hollywood dictated it. If only you had some means to look it up and find that out. Uh, you had to go to the library, right, and get out the microfiche. And... That would be time-consuming and expensive. <laughs> I, I don't have the means for that. Now it's, now it's an infomercial. But it's not, Brian. As I, oh. take, as I take out an iPad. Go on. Go on. You mean I don't have to go to the library? Uh, I don't have to send out a cable. Um, volumes of books? No more? Still acting. Is he still working? Yeah. Is he in, is he in like, Disney shows now as the grandfather? Uh, was on an episode of Community. Was on uh, Human Target. Was on S My Dad Says. So he's doing lots of... Uh, Are you actually... Guest spots. Are you actually at the library right now? <laughs> I How am. You, how'd you get there so quickly? I'm in I'm in the basement of my public library in the Lee Major section. Ask uh, <laughs> ask uh, P, PJ ask Cal where he worked in high school. Cal, where did you work in high school? I worked at the public library, so I'm quite familiar with the Lee Major section. <laughs> That's a real job right there. You can't slack in the library. (laughs) And the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, I know know it all. Wow. 
Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, last. Anything else on the pinups there, Peach? Oh, before we do anything, congratulations to uh, to Dan. That's amazing. It's amazing. We've talked about it a few times on the show. It actually he finished it. Uh, is he the youngest black belt in uh, New Jersey? What is what is he now? Uh, not not in all not in all of New Jersey. I don't think so. But he's he's probably one of the five youngest. It's amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. For which he had to climb a mountain. He, right, without using a trail. No trails. Right. Boulders. I mean, they did it as a class. It wasn't that they right. set them up there alone. Uh, he, he was, surround, he was surrounded by people, but the things they had to scale were like full verticals, where there was just a place to catch your hand and catch your feet. Crazy. And. Uh, <laughs> The, the final test was he had to break a board, but the catch was that the board was actually on fire. Come on. No, it was on fire. Did you film this? Please tell me you filmed this. Did I you didn't. even watch? Yeah, were you allowed in there, Sensei? Well, forget I... about being allowed. How could you physically, like, as a father, how could you sit there and watch that? <laughs> that's, that's another good point. Honestly, I was swollen with pride and confidence. Oh, good for you. Usually you're just like, swollen, it, it, swollen with pizza. That too. Sodium. A lot of sodium in the morning. Maybe did that to me. <laughs> That's terrible. But, uh, if he was like, looking it, for I'm, any I'm, sort of confidence, all he had to do was see my face. <laughs> because I was I was just like, you got this. Right. That's awesome, man. That is really amazing. Like it was balls to wood. He just smashed it. And it was ta- it's Taekwondo, yes? Taekwondo, yes. <laughs> which is a new, a new one. <laughs> it's a very positive means, one. It's very Taekwondo, positive. which means hand foot art, I believe. Right. Awesome. Art of hand and foot. <clears throat> it's amazing. It really is amazing. So, congrats to him. We've been sort of tracking that on the on the RTU here through the weeks. Yeah. Well, there's, leading there's up a photo of it if you uh, if you want to check out my uh, Facebook page, Facebook slash PJ Kachopo. You'll wow. You will see. Little Dan. Not yeah. little anymore either. Don't call him that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. little as in like little John was little. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, Cal. Ha- uh, PJ supposedly has an awesome fun load for us tonight. I can't wait. Yeah. He's. he's uh, it's, don't oversell it. It's not awesome. It's just voluminous. I'm not. Okay. So we got to give you what an hour? No, no, no. It's just it's just uh, jumping through a lot of things really quick. Actually, okay. you, it only requires maybe 10 minutes, but it's just, there's a lot. Excellent. Great. We also need to, uh, talk, uh, we we need you to come back in on our tailgate discussion, because it's uh, the big jet game this weekend. Which, why are you not going, PJ? Um, I, it, was, it was family stuff. Couldn't, couldn't, okay. couldn't. Because you were, you were on, the, you were on the invite. I know, I did. You're like a sports guy now. Okay, we'll talk to you in a bit. Let's do uh Cal, let's do the uh let's do the spot. For Blue Haven. This is uh of course a song called After the Night is Through from the uh, upcoming motion picture Fat. Right written and directed by our buddy Mark Finney. So check that out. You can go to Fat Movie search Fat Movie on Facebook and you can friend it. And uh, it's coming along good, Cal. He said it's really... I, I spoke to him last week. He said it's coming along really, really well. Cool. 
so. All right. Uh, our sponsor uh, for this episode and every episode of Radio Unload is Blue Haven NYC. In New York City, New York Sports Bar for Adults. Cal, it's on the corner of Houston and Thompson. It's fantastic. We did a live remote from there a couple weeks ago. We're doing another one, probably, I think, November 13th. Uh, we're going to invite people out for that, maybe even have a guest, uh, do a big deal, a big to-do, as it were. Uh, the place is fantastic. If you're looking for a place to watch the games on Sunday, watch uh, English Premier League Soccer. They have all those games as well. Watch the World Series. I mean, this is America, isn't it? America. Cal, is this America? Sure is. Well, then you're going to watch the World Series. So head on out to Blue Haven. They have the uh, 80-ounce towers of Coors Light and Bud Light. I had one of those. Uh, stuttering, uh, smiling, having a great time sweating, <laughs> as I'm known to do. Uh, so check out BlueHavenNYC.com uh, for all the details, all the specials. Go see the people there. Uh, they're great people, uh, and uh, we love the place. We really do. It's, it, uh, honestly, it's a really good sports bar. The food's awesome, and uh, you're not going to find kids in the back, uh, you know, playing quarters. Is that does that still go on? Do the kids play quarters? I, I am a hundred. I don't know any kids I am <laughs> other than like toddlers. <laughs> so check out www.bluehavennyc.com for details. All right, time for the big unload. We've gotten to it. We're doing it. We're doing. Where's the music? Oh man, I got it. it. My bad. Hmm. Couldn't you see sort of like jamming to this while you know on your boombox with your your post in your room with your poster of Heather Thomas and Dwight Gooden up? Right in the same poster. Right. <laughs> Dr. K and Heather Thomas. <laughs> like they're back to back. Yeah. <laughs> like inexplicable. Like right. the, the stupidest poster ever. They're somehow promoting Fall Guy and the Mets at the same time. Except that she's in a Met uniform and he's in a bikini. Right. Strangest crossover promotion ever. Uh, it's time for the big unload here and... Uh, yeah, we have a lot we could put into this. We're going to talk about the World Series with Hutch Cow. So I figured we could talk Yankees end of season here. Or we could talk Jets, uh, Patriots, Giants, Redskins here, and then go back to football afterward. Uh, but there's there's a lot that we could talk about how the Mets are blowing into it. You know, already. They haven't even done anything yet. Wow. Uh, but I want I, I, my gut tells me Yankees end of season. Well, then go with your gut. That's usually never wrong. Well, only because I have I have so, things I want to talk to you about, about how it ended. Obviously, the Yankees get swept by the Tigers. Unceremonious. I mean, they, they got they got it handed to them. The low, lowest batting average, right, in, in postseason history or something like that. Or ridic- for, yeah, and, for a and, series. Yeah. And they actually won a series <laughs> uh, with that batting average. Um Obviously, everything fell apart. Derek Jeter is going to need four to five months to recover. What's crazy, Bri, is that all the nutty things we joke about with the Yankee fan has already started to happen. Like the, you know, A-Rod was rumored to be being traded during that four-game sweep to the Miami Marlins. And that has not gone away. 
And I don't know if you saw this today, but Andrew Marchand, who's a baseball writer. I mean, this this guy works for a newspaper, does he not? Uh, ESPN New York. Well, he used to work for Newsday, though, no? Andrew Marchand was with The Post. The Post, okay. Either either way, he's he's an actual journalist. (laughs) Right. He's written uh, a Yankee book, didn't he? He might have. He's written a couple of Yankee books. Andrew Marchand? Yeah, covers the Yankees. Did you see what he tweeted today? No. And wrote an entire column about how the Yankees, he's proposing. He's proposing. Now, this is an actual journalist, right? <laughs> yes. He's proposing A-Rod, Nunez, and um, Nova for Jose Reyes and Mark Burley. Let's, let's, okay. A-Rod, Nunez, and Nova. Yeah, this is a journalist. This is not a caller into WFAN. Now, this is an actual journalist. I believe, you know, his title is Senior Writer for ESPN New York. Okay. Spent nine years at the New York Post. Regularly contributes to all of the ESPN outlets like SportsCenter, Baseball Tonight. Sure. He's you know he's pretty he's pretty legitimate. Yes. So now what does he want to do? A Rod Nooney and Nova. Did he well, call him Nooney in the article? I believe he did. Okay. For uh, for Jose Reyes and Mark Burley. Never never never. I, I mean I didn't even read the article. I didn't need to. I simply responded to his tweet by saying, wait a minute, Andrew, don't you maybe want to try that trade for Trout and C.J. Wilson? I mean, the Angels will go for it, right? <laughs> I mean, come I mean, really? Really? Is is that, I mean, it's 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 going to, so a couple things here. It's going to start already with A-Rod. It's going to go throughout the, uh, the, the uh, postseason, excuse me, the offseason. You have the situation with Derek Jeter. Now it's going to be four to five months, but he should be ready for opening day. So maybe somebody could ask Andy Andrew Marchant why they're trading for a shortstop. Derek Jeter's still under contract, right? What are they going to do? Put Jose Reyes on the bench for a year? Well, it's he 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 explains it. Jeter could DH more and share short with Reyes. Yeah. Oh, that's oh is that what is that what's going to happen? And what's, Reyes, and what's Reyes going to do? DH on the days he doesn't play short. I did, he didn't get into that. Right. He didn't go that far. So you're going to take a a, uh, a shortstop in his prime at age 28 off the field from playing shortstop every day to put a 39-year-old guy coming off a broken ankle out there for 80 games to play defense. That's going to work. Never mind, never mind how preposterous this is. He is a writer. Like, I didn't need to call him out on Twitter. 80 people like tweeted to him. <laughs> Why don't you save that crap for WFAN? I mean, seriously. And tag this with Joel Sherman writing today in the post. Yes. I, oh, yeah. About how A-Rod, if A-Rod was smart, he'd orchestrate his way out of town. Right? Was that – I couldn't even understand the thesis of what Joel Sherman was trying to say. Joel Sherman's article was kind of all over the map. He talked about A-Rod um, being a good teammate. Somehow, um, trying to work, like you said, orchestrate his, his way out of, of town. Yeah, he's a good teammate who helps with the Latin players. 
the young Latin players. Is that right? Is was that what he was doing on the Saturday night when they were down four nothing in the first game of the series against the Tigers, and he had been pulled from the game because he sucks, and he was uh, trying to pick up women behind the dugout. Was he being? A, he's a great teammate. That's awesome. He was really helping the uh, you know Eduardo Nunez there and telling him what the closer might throw. Uh, there, being a great teammate, Cal. I mean, we we went through this last week, and then to have a writer actually write that today is is laughable. He's an awful teammate. He's always been an awful teammate. Behind you know, behind closed doors, he's a baseball gym rat. Are you kidding? I mean, by all accounts, he's the epitome of the selfish. You know, late nineties, early aughts ball player, where all he cares about is is himself and his legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I always, I always felt that he wanted to come to the Yankees and he wanted to win a World Series, not to win a World Series and be part of a World Series team, but to cement his legacy as a World Series winner. And he got one in two thousand and nine, and he played really well, and now the rest is gravy. Doesn't right. matter. Now it's all about his legacy. But to 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 write that he's a good teammate a week after he was picking up girls during a game that he was pulled from. That the only way you can possibly support your teammates at that time is to actually support your teammates. The only way you can help your team because you certainly can't hit the baseball is to be in somebody's ear, help them with a pitcher, be, be rooting on your teammates, and you're trying to pick up girls behind home plate. Great teammate, awesome teammate. I I just I, I it well, crack it, it it just sort of cracks me up to see the Yankees in this position. That's not even touching on what has happened uh, happened with Robinson Cano. Well, what what what's happened with him? He had a really bad postseason. But we but Brian, we said six weeks ago. You know, five or six weeks ago, we pointed out that he's exactly the same as David Wright. It's the exact same situation. 29 years old, going to be 30. Option year next year for $15 million. I think Wright's is 16. I think Cano's is 15. Both play a premium position. Both are, are coming off a good year. Even well, though Wright, well Wright, Wright doesn't play a premium position. Third base is a premium, is, is not no. as, Bright's not as premium position, but it's a premium position right now. Uh, Name me five better third basemen than David Wright. Five better third basemen? Yeah. Than David Wright? Yep. You want five better? See, I'm repeating it to try to think. I'm buying myself time. <laughs> Even, uh, Evan Longoria is one of them. Okay. Not last year. He's a better third baseman. We're not. We no, no. I'm saying overall or. or He's a or, better third baseman than David Wright. Okay. Okay. Who would, um, I, I, we'll do it. I'll make it easier on you, Bri. Give me five third basemen you would take over David Wright right now. Evan, I would take Evan Longoria. Okay. I would take... You're missing a big one. Well, there's a lot of pressure on me. Because <laughs> you really want to win that car. <laughs> there's no car. I don't know what you're... Fine. He's, he's in the top five. Fine, he's in the top no, five. No, no, no. Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. Oh, yeah, he plays third base now. That's right. Right. Miguel Cabrera, uh, Evan Longoria, um, maybe Ryan Zimmerman? No. They're, they're pretty much the same player. They're the same player. But um, but, I, but I think the idea, just to go back to your comparison, is that Cano is a better player than Wright. Yes. They're in the same predicament, same situation as far as contract. 
but and not age. by a, but not by a ton, brides. Only because of what I just said. Think about it. There's maybe four or five third basemen that you would take over David Wright in all of baseball. There's probably what one second baseman you'd take over Cano. Probably none. None. Do you take do you take Pedroia over Cano? Probably not. No, no, you wouldn't. Okay, so but they're so they're both uh, valued at a premium position. I'm just saying, Cano does Cano have more value? Of course he does. He plays second base, right plays third base, but there's not a ton of third basemen. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So the the and and Cano is a better player, but it's not by such a huge margin. But the idea is that it's it's complete. It's completely ludicrous to suggest that the Yankees trade Cano to try to rebuild with 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 additional pieces. And I know that was my point. Yeah, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but no, no, not at all. That's not stealing my thunder. That's exactly my point. Six weeks ago, when we said this, why is it completely ridiculous to pick up Cano's option and trade him and get pieces? You know, of course you're going to give him six years and 125 million dollars. But if the Mets were to do that give them six years and $125 million, they're stupid because they need so many pieces. Well, guess what? The Yankees need an outfielder, a starting pitcher, a catcher, and probably a third baseman. And they might need a closer, depending on what happens with Mariano Rivera, because Soriano will opt out of his contract. Well, think about the fact that their starting pitcher, their ace, their horse, CeCe Sabathia, is making a visit to Dr. James Andrews. I saw that. Ufa. I mean, you don't go there unless there's a problem. Right. He's not like your primary care physician where you just, oh, let me check in with Dr. Andrews and yeah, I got a cough. Again, this this team needs everybody. Oh, they won 95 games. This team needs an overhaul. Sabathia is 32 years. He's 32, 31, 32 32. or 33. Right, but he's got about 10,000 innings on that left arm. And he's got five years left and $120 million. And he's 300 pounds. <laughs> and he's got a bad elbow. All right, that's your right. ace. Right now, your number two guy is is Hiroki Kuroda, who's also thirty eight years old and a free agent. And a free agent. You've got Andy Pettit, who's forty two years old. <laughs> right. You've got Phil Hughes, who is essentially Mike Pelfrey. Right. How dare you? And then you've got Ivan Nova, who Yankee fans didn't didn't even want. They didn't even want him to touch a baseball in the in last the two months of the season. Right. And they put him in every trade they possibly can. So, the, so that's that's your five man rotation. So everybody wants to talk about well, at least at least you know they got to focus on the offense because their pitching is okay. <laughs> pitching is not okay either. No, their pitching was great in the postseason. They, they pitched, you know, their starters did a great job and kept them in games and they couldn't hit. But you're spreading this out over a 162 game season next year. There's just, all I'm saying is the idea of trading Cano should be on the table because you can get a ton for him. Yeah. And you have you, Swisher's a free agent. He's gone. Russell Martin, gone. Their best prospect is a catcher, but he's a year away. Okay. Well, who's going to catch next Granderson, year? Granderson has an option. You've got to pick up that option, right? You're not going to give Granderson a long-term deal, are you? You can't. So your starting outfield is going to be Gardner, Granderson, and Ichiro. And Ichiro if, at 39 years old. If they, if they bring sign Ichiro him back. back. Right. Then you have Teixeira, who's clearly on the downside. Cano, you're going to pick up his option. Jeter coming off a broken ankle and A-Rod. And where are the prospects? Where where are the prospects? Well, their pitching prospects were hurt this year. Right, were hurt and took a step back. Right, so their big pitching prospects took a step back. 
Now they're talking about Pineda, who they acquired this year. He's not going to pitch till after the All Star break next. Year. So the All Star break next that's year. A, that's a year and a half. He hasn't even taken the mound. I, I I am and and people who listen to this show all the time and know that we're Met fans and stuff like that. Brian, I'm not taking glee in this at all. There's there's no joy here. All I'm trying to, but it's almost like you some Yankee fans you want to shake them and be like, you know, you're not always you're not you're not predestined to win 95 games every year just because you have the interlocking N and Y on your jersey. But a lot of a lot of fans feel that way, and that's part of the reason why when we talked about it during the season, a lot of Yankee fans did not pay attention to the regular season at all. And then you saw how how crazy they got in the playoffs. Yeah. No, I know. And 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 they went absolutely nuts after this team was in a great pennant race. They were unbelievably resilient. Twenty one straight days of being a, either a game or tied uh, for first place with the with the Orioles. Honestly, Brian, they've done it a million times. They fattened up on bad teams. They fattened up on the the Royals. They fattened up on the Minnesota Twins. I mean, that that series, that four game series against the Twins, the Twins didn't put out a major league lineup one of those days, not one of those days, mm-hmm. or a major league pitcher. But you know what? The fans that just kind of jumped back in for the playoffs, of which there are becoming more and more of those, because after fifteen years. As a Yankee fan, can't even sell a, out the stadium. As a casual, certainly as a casual Yankee fan, you know to just kind of check in on them from time to time throughout the year, but you really get invested come October. Yeah. But even the real, the real good Yankee fans that we know, were checking out during the year. Oh, yeah. And those, and those fans that checked back in for the playoffs, found that this was a flawed team. And they did. I don't think they expected it. You know. They didn't know. They 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 weren't. You know. They looked at 95 wins, top seed in the American League. It's the Yankees. It's right. October, and 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 they were you know, they were a little surprised at the fight that Baltimore put up. Right. And were downright you know shocked when Detroit came into town and and took care of business. Let me let me ask you to play GM for a second here, Brian. I'd love to play GM. <laughs> I would love to. It's my favorite game. Um, would you? And and the guys on Mostly Mets podcast on SNY.TV, uh, Toby and uh, Toby Hyde and Ted Berg and Patrick Flood. And we're going to have Patrick on and Toby and stuff and uh, Ted in the offseason uh, for Mets Hot Stove stuff. They're great. Mostly Mets podcast. Check it out. It's really fantastic. And an episode a couple weeks ago, Bri, where they were, get, you know, they were doing their email segment because they get a lot of emails and questions and stuff. Uh-huh. And their big thing was, it became like a mantra, depends on the deal. Like every perspective, to, would you do this, 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 and this for this, this, this? It depends on the deal. You know, I, it got to the point where Ted was almost singing it. Like, depends on the deal. Because it does. I mean, anybody, would you do Ike Davis for the, well, if you're giving me back Mike Trout, yeah, sure. Ike Davis is available. Depends on the deal. Depends on what you're getting in return. So I don't want to do, and that's why WFAN is in business because right. they don't they don't play depends on the deal. Um, but so I don't want to do that. But if you're the if you're the general manager of the Yankees and you're looking at this, you have to. It's not crazy to entertain trading Cano, is it? No, it's not crazy. I don't. Ultimately, I don't think they're going to. 
But they but talk. You know, are they are they not going to Brian because it's the baseball move? Or are they not going to because they're the Yankees? And and what is one hundred and twenty five million dollars to us? For the last couple of years, all you've been hearing about is this 2014 deadline to get their payroll under $189 million because that's the threshold for the luxury tax. And they've been there. I mean, the, you know, Hal Steinbrenner has talked about it. Brian Cashman has talked about it. They're looking to be fiscally responsible. They don't want to pay the, the penalty that they would incur if they went over that in 2014. So they've been planning for two years from now. They've been making moves. And we talked about it last week. They're going to have $100 million tied up in four guys next year. You know? Yeah. And then if you, if you extend Cano and you give him – I mean, Cano's going to get a $20 million a year contract. Easy. So now you're, you're talking about more than half of that money, significantly more than half of that money, is tied up in five guys, mm-hmm. five aging guys. Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they really going to go that route? They've been very adamant about it. And, I, and Rivera's a free agent, Cal. So let's bring Rivera back for a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal. Now you have almost one hundred and forty million tied up in six guys. Right, and then if you want to bring two, Andy Pettit two back, of which, two of which are over forty. Right, right. Pettit's not going to come back for two million dollars. So, I, I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I, part of me thinks that they're going to throw out that fiscal responsibility that they've been aiming for because of the way that this season ended. And because they are the Yankees, I don't know what they're going to. I don't know if they're going to do anything on the free agent market this year. There really aren't a lot of guys out there that are that are standouts. Uh, is someone stupid enough to take a Rod? There's got to be, right? I mean, the Marlins are stupid. The Marlins who find Ozzie Guillen today that went well. Yeah, uh, great job in, in Miami. <laughs> Good job, everybody. They traded Heath Bell the other day. Heck of a year. Oh, yeah, where did he go? He went to Arizona. That's right. Heck of a year. I mean, yeah. really. Reyes must be like, right. good, good decision, Jose. Good job, baby. Get every last time. Good job. And, you know, it's, he he so rarely plays a full season. He wasted a complete full season <laughs> on, on this year. And he actually pulled out a decent season, too. He had a good season. He, he started. I mean, what did he hit? Like two eighty, Cal. He you know, he had about thirty, forty stolen bases. Eventually, he wound up with like ten home runs, ten, twelve home runs. For all that money, uh, he batted sixty points less this year. Yeah, but at the but at the end of the year, his lineup was worse than the Mets, and that's saying something. What a disaster! But they got a beautiful new park. That park is uh, yeah, it's a delight. You know, paid for by the fine. Paid for by Miami, right? Who are not going to it? They don't even realize that they paid for it, I think. So somebody is stupid enough to take A-Rod. Somebody, if if the Yankees wanted to get rid of him, I believe somebody would take him. But I believe that A-Rod will, will not leave. He will right. not agree to leave. Right. And if, he, and, and if they are going to get rid of him, it has to be to the tune of about $70 million of their money. Right. Because they owe him $115 million. So they're going to wind up paying... You know, uh, twenty of the thirty million he's owed a year, <laughs> just to get rid of him. But like we talked about, his, his main concern is his legacy. Yeah, that's what he is solely concerned with, and I believe he feels that his Yankee legacy is tarnished right now. Yep, and he will not agree to move anywhere until he has redeemed himself as a Yankee. Uh, you're you're probably right. 
You know? is, and, I'll never forget reading the Sports Illustrated article about him when the trade – this is my last point on A-Rod, but I don't know if we've ever talked about this in the almost three years we've been doing the show. Do you remember when he was – so the deal was done to the Red Sox, right? Right. He was going to the Red Sox. The deal got nixed and all that stuff, and then he wound up with the Yankees. And SI did like a story about A Rod. It was I can't. It might have been Verducci. Might have been Tom Verducci who wrote it. But it was like following A Rod. I to this day this sums up what he is to me. And that was uh, Theo Epstein. Uh, Epstein. Epstein. Yes. Epstein. Epstein. I have him confused with the Beatle manager. Brian Epstein, right? Who <laughs> tragically? Uh, uh, <laughs> that was uh, anyway. I'm sorry. I could go on about Brian Epstein. Theo um, Epstein uh, <laughs> is such an interesting character. Really, really interesting. Um, but Theo Epstein goes to the hotel where A Rod is staying with like. Uh, and Boris is not there, or maybe Boris is in the room with him or something like that. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. And it's Theo Epstein, and maybe the owner, or maybe, uh, what's his name? Uh, Larry Lucchino? Yes, Larry Lucchino. Maybe it's them, those two guys, and they're going up to see A-Rod to talk about this deal and talk it out. And it's like 2 in the morning, and it's like a pop-in. It's like a complete pop-in call. And they're in the lobby. And A-Rod says, uh, okay, just give me like 15 minutes. Right, and they go upstairs. He opens the door, and A Rod is in like a seven thousand dollars suit <laughs> at two in the morning. At two in the morning, like he, like he, that's how he had to present himself. Like they yeah. were looking at each other, like what? Like Theo Epstein was in sweats. A Rod, like, give me fifteen minutes, and like that's how he had to present himself. And that story always stuck with me, as like. It's all about image, style over substance. It's all about what he look. What he he's that guy who so desperately wants to be your friend, and wants everybody to like him, mm-hmm. and everybody's not going to like you. No, especially, and, and, especially when you're the best at something. Right, and the harder you try, the less the people. The worse are it like gets. You. Yeah. Two last things on the Yanks, Cal, and then I want to call uh, our buddy Hutch. Two last things on the Yanks. I want to. One one of my favorite reactions, especially on WFAM with Francesa and whatnot. Um, who, by the way, we we didn't mention the attendance thing. We really didn't hit on the attendance thing over the last two weeks. But just as a final thought, you know, they're just very hypocritical here in New York. That's all I'll say. Very frustratingly hypocritical. Yeah, the, the Mets got killed, killed for not even selling, you know, for not selling out opening day or whatever. And I'm sorry, but some of those games were disgraceful. If you're a Yankee fan, well, there was there was always an excuse, you know, it was five yeah. o'clock on a Friday. It's hard to get to uh, going up against the NFL. The yeah, please, apathy. It's pure apathy. Game one of the American League Championship Series, a Saturday night in New York. Only thing happening sports-wise. And it That's was it. like 55 degrees. It was it was a... a 60 degrees. It was a perfect yeah. night. It was seasonably warm. And the place perfect was not night. sold out. Not and, sold out. 
And and we're not talking about by like two thousand seats. We're talking about fifteen thousand seats empty in that place. Now, and come on. and when Detroit is up four nothing in the ninth inning, the empty. place is half empty. So when they make that stirring comeback and the Ichiro home run and then the Abanias home run to tie it, nobody's there to see it. Nobody's there. So but here's one of my favorite reactions. <laughs> hey, Mike. First time, long time. All right. Got a call about the Yankees. All right. I got to talk about the Yankees. You know what's driving me crazy? Yeah, go. Go. Good. If the boss was alive to see this, <laughs> I mean, it would have been a different story. That's for sure, Mike. Somehow the idea that if George Steinbrenner was alive, during this series, the Yankees would have started hitting. But I, I, I just found that so amusing. So many Yankee fans called up and said that. Now, they were also saying, like, A-Rod would have been benched earlier or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But they somehow, they didn't even somehow insinuate. They downright, <laughs> they downright basically said, if George Steinbrenner was alive, they would have won the series. They would have started hitting magically. Like, George Steinbrenner would have somehow taught Curtis Granderson how to lay off a breaking ball in the dirt. Well, I I surmise what they mean by that is that they would have felt additional pressure from, from George Steinbrenner yeah, cause, to, to, to step up their game. Because as we know, additional pressure on a hitter in a slump is the best thing you can do for him. I mean, that's really what you want to do. When a guy is squeezing his bat to sawdust... What you really want to do is exert some pressure on him. And really, like, his job is on the line when he's struggling. That's what you want to do. Right. I mean, it just it just cracked me up. It was at least, like, 25 calls. I, I tell you what, if the boss was around, they'd win that series. Really? Really? If George Steinbrenner was alive, they'd win that series. Really? You hit 188. 188, I think. I'm, I'm guessing. It was under no, 100. No, that was 188. That's right. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Guys, everybody just, let's take a breath. Am I right? So that was one. And two, I was waiting for it, and it happened on Twitter, Cal. Uh-huh. The first call to WFAN about getting Mike Trout. First call. Yesterday. No, there was yep. not. Yep. Stop it. Mike, what do you think it'll take for us to get Trout? You know, do you think we, you know, we do we have to put Benuelos in there? No, come on. Yeah. Cal, would I make it up? Are you surprised? That's that's a little much. Joe Mauer, no, Joe Mauer has been playing for the Yankees for six years. I've heard about Mauer. We heard about David Wright. We heard about Wong. That's the next one. Right. They're going to get right. Just whoever set the over-under on the uh, go-trade for Mike Trout at uh, the Monday after they were eliminated from the playoffs, congratulations. Come collect your, come collect your pride. They, they, could, they could probably make a, put together a package for Trout, right? I mean, because the, the Angels, you know, they, they might need to move him because they have pool holes. Right, they're not going to be able to pay him. They're not going to be able to pay him when he becomes a free agent. Oh, the other one that was great. Oh, I'm sorry. So good. This guy... The Yankees signed Teixeira. That draft pick that the Angels got, when the, the compensatory draft pick that the Angels got from Mark Teixeira, they used to take Mike Trout. Oh. So somebody put it together 
that if they had never signed, if they just hadn't signed Teixeira, they'd have Mike Trout right now. <laughs> Is that how that works? That's right. Even Francesa was like, come on, are you serious? Francesa was like, you, you can't possibly predict who they're going to draft. You don't know don't, how draft's going to go. I, I don't. Oh, I don't great. think I don't think great. that that's true though because didn't Trout go number one? Trout's in the same draft as Harper. Are you sure? Really? Pretty sure. All right. Check it out. Look it up. Let's punch yeah, it up. I'm gonna. I'll check, but maybe you're I right. Just, I just love that call because that's the way it works. Because obviously a draft goes exactly the same way. First of all, the Yankees wouldn't have even had that pick. It was a compensatory pick. So it was given <laughs> to the Angels. I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, he was drafted 25th overall yep. in, in 2009. Right, with the Yankees pick. It was the same year as Strasburg. Okay, Strasburg year. Okay, so the year before Harper. It was a compensation pick from the Yankees. Yes, yep. you're right. You're right. So by, so by this guy's logic, they would have had Trout. If they just hadn't shined, signed to share in 2009, they won a World Series, by the way. And Mark Teixeira's hit about 250 home runs for the Yankees over the last four years. But they would have had Trout. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, it was so good. It was so choice. Well. Have they uh, have they uh, signed uh, David Wright yet? No, but they will. Um, the Mets are not going to be able to sign him. They have to trade him, so... Oh, the Yankees. That's right. Yes, he he he's a perfect fit for the. Yankees. I've seen about eight hundred Yankee Met trades. Right. There was also the um, another prominent national baseball writer. <laughs> yes. An actual author, like you know. Yes. I know he's written books. <laughs> uh, talking about the Mets, better pay attention to this situation, the way the Yankees are treating A Rod. Dot dot dot. Left it open-ended, of course, to invite the lemmings that just fell right into it. Well, he said with every – I mean it was prefaced with with everything going on with David Wright and A-Rod, the Mets right. should pay attention to how the Yankees are treating A-Rod. Right, and then, and then obviously you had people – well, why? Why do the Mets need to pay attention? And then, you know, they fed right into it. Oh, because you know. the Yankees – so I, I was like, you do I, – I tweeted back to that. I had to. I said, you do realize that the Mets would have to trade David Wright to the Yankees, or should we be worried about 2014? I think that, I think that's what he was implying. Yeah, was that you know that Wright was going to see what was going on with the Yankees' third base situation and would want to play there. Right. In 2014, when he's a free agent. Right, and you know. So basically, telling Mets fans worry about 18 months from now. <sighs> I mean, it was the trolliest of trolls. Yeah. It was really, really trolly. I think the Mets are going to sign him long-term. I really do, Cal. I think they're going to try. I'm not convinced he's going to sign. Oh, I think he will. Not convinced. I think they're going to be able to offer him... I think the money's going to be equal. I really do. I don't think he's going to get more money out of another team. And I think if the money's equal, he stays here. I hope you're right. I I'm do. Not convinced. I do. As long as they can give him what he would get on the open market, I think he stays here. You know, because there is something to be said. I know he wants to win, but there's something to be said also, Cal, for being. And he just saw this with Chipper Jones. I mean, there's something to be said for being considered one of the, if not the best player ever for the franchise. Yeah. 
Well, he would be. If he finished his career here, he he would be, and he would be he would be the signature Met for the entire time. for the entire organization, right? And they, they, there's talk of offering a position after retirement, and you know, I mean, he I I think he will. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. That's enough with the Yankees. Now we got to talk about the World Series. So let's call. Uh, let's call Hutch. Let's call him. He knows we're calling. Don't panic. Bye. You had that all queued up? I did. What? Hope he answers now. He said any time after 7 his time. Yeah, is this the podcast? <laughs> May I speak to Rich Hutchman? Yeah, hold on a minute. Oh, hey, Hutch. Yeah, hey, guys. Hey, Hutch. How are you? What's cooking? Do you like this theme music that the bishop has hooked up for you there? I love the theme music. I didn't know. It, it felt like uh, one of those interesting New York bars where, like, none serve you drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I've nunnery. heard about it. I've never yeah. been. I've, I've only heard. We're at the nunnery tonight. Sweet. <laughs> the nunnery. Oh, those Catholics. Oh, <laughs> what, what's going on there, partner? Well, I have two kids in Catholic school, and I'll tell you. I mean, I'm a filthy Protestant, and um, I am... <laughs> doing everything I can to hide it from them. But they know. Right. They, know. they know. They can smell it on you, Hutch. Yeah, the looks and the... I took a yardstick to the back of the thigh yesterday. I, You know, <laughs> no, it's... It's fun. I have two girls and I'm an unemployed actor in Hollywood. What could be wrong? What What could possibly go wrong there? It sounds like you're huh? living the dream. I, I'm living the dream uh, <laughs> on a very tight budget. It's more of like a daydream. Right. It's more of like yeah. a, or or when you get the stares and you sort of like stare off into space for a little while. It's a little like yeah. that. I mean, we've we've acted together, Steve. You, you know, it was like yeah. it's like that. It is uh, like that. It's uh, it's so good to talk to you, buddy. We we're, we're uh, Cal, uh, Hutch, Hutch, Cal. Hey, Cal. Hey, Hutch. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet he, you. Cal has certainly heard a lot about you, Hutch. He's, uh, you know, I've known uh, Cal since I'm eight years old, so he obviously uh, goes way back. He has been, he has heard my British accent and dialect uh, since we were about ten. It's so quite, it's quite tasty. Little Thank Steve, you. He's a, he's a bit of a talent. <laughs> Hutch and I did uh, dealers uh, in Los Angeles, Dealers Choice, Cal, and so, right. uh, we. Uh, we got to do the British dialect. We're going to get to Snidely in a little bit, Hutch. Okay, all right. We need to hear the story of Snidely. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the Yankees. No, we're good. We're good. We need with to the talk Yankees. about. Uh, now wait, you're you're a Mets fan, right? Yes, we are both huge Mets fans, but we okay. uh, equal opportunity show. <laughs> not, not to mention reveling in the uh, in the Tigers beating the Yankees. Yeah. There was something really good. I ha- I have to tell you, I have to get it off my chest. I don't know if it's the Catholics um, <laughs> giving me the guilt, but that call at second base where he was, like, out <laughs> by 42 feet. <laughs> I don't know if it was game two or game three. They were up one to nothing, and then they, they, they – I think it was Omar Infante was called safe. And I just – I feel really bad about it. I just want to say it could have changed the whole series. But it's also nice to have something – Go right for the Detroit Tigers every once in a while, you know. You know it's yeah. tough. It's tough because the Yankees uh, never get those calls against them, so you feel <laughs> right. bad for them. You know, it's tough luck for them. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. Hutch, take me take me through this. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a rough go for the Yankees. Take me through this uh, this Tiger season. Uh, you you get Prince Fielder. Uh, you know, you move Miggy Cabrera to third base. That experiment looked like it could go crazy. Uh, yeah. You have you have Verlander. You underachieve for much of the season, then you get hot towards the end. You go take over first place. How have you how have you felt about your detroit, uh Tigers this year? I, you know, I think it went very much like their season. Uh, I heard Prince Fielder, very exciting, flurry of tech, uh, talking with Detroit people I haven't talked with in a while, and then it felt a little bit insane. But everybody was like, okay. We know what the guy's going to do, and we think they're protecting Miguel. And that sounds great. And it worked for the first month, and it worked for the last month, and everything in between was like, what? <laughs> uh, that's, the way it, that's the way it felt to me. I, it's not rocket science. I mean, they just, they, you know, did really well in the, in the first six weeks, and they did really well in the last, God, two weeks? And everything else in between was like, I don't know, 450, 500 maybe. Right. You know? Um, and it was it was really interesting because they would, I think they're just a team of guys that is that experience that playing the White Sox, they'll sweep them. And then they go to Cleveland and get swept and go to Kansas City and get swept. <laughs> you know, all all in like a 12-day 12, 12 period. So maybe they just needed the heat under their little high-paid bucks, and it kind of worked they, out. And then they, they start, they've, got Don, they've got Don Kelly, who just is, well, you know, Mr. Baseball to me. When you, you have, have Don, Don Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. I mean, for real. When you have Don Kelly, well, every middling white guy feels better, first of all, because you see Don <laughs> Kelly and you're like, oh, you know what, if I would stayed in shape, if I wasn't 220 <laughs> right now, probably probably could have pulled that off. God, could you have a more nondescript name? <laughs> yeah. Well, his sister's, name, his sister's name is Dawn Kelly. Dawn and Don Kelly, right. Yeah. They're, the Kel- they're the Kellys. Just your run-of-the-mill family. Pretty average. Middle-class Americans. Son's right. a baseball player. Absolutely. <laughs> Daughter's a neurologist. They're just the Kellys. They're the Kellys. They don't do much. <laughs> they're Irish. On holidays, they drink too much. That's right. You know, <laughs> they, they curse at each other. It's it's good. Otherwise, pretty normal. Uh, Don's Don's dad thinks he's a huge disappointment. Huge. I actually kid. I I I, re, I thoroughly enjoy Don Kelly. If you go back through the, because I'm too cheap to buy the MLB package, so I watch everything like six to eight hours after it happens. Right. Um, you know, I'm thinking about it the whole time, but then I watch like the four minute highlight <laughs> reel on DroidTigers.com. <laughs> Uh, I hope someone can relate to that. And I swear to God, every time Don Kelly was in the game, he pulled some kind of Irish shenanigans that were like, what? Uh, in, in, a, in a good way. In a good way. Right. Um, but, you know, to be serious, which I'm not very much, but I, I think the reason why, well, it's pretty obvious. I mean, the, the reason why they beat the Yankees was pitching and, you know, uh, five through nine – Actually, batted pretty well. Hutch, you know? when when they got the series back to Detroit, did you were you concerned at all, or did you feel pretty confident that this was going to be a quick series? You know, that's a good question. I 
I, I, I kind of thought they had the mojo at that point. I think after they won number three, I was like, okay, it's going to be a blowout tomorrow. I think it's going to be the Tigers. Um, because the poor Yankees just looked kind of defeated, you know? Um, I was a little bit worried about C.C. Sabathia, who is, you know, obviously a very talented baseball player. But, um, boy, you know, they just started hitting him a lot, and it was like, this, I don't think it's going to work for them today. <laughs> no. And I, I honestly still don't know. I, I, I feel like a rube. I really don't know why they didn't play Curtis Granderson. Was, was he hurt or something? Or No, he was, was just uh, – he was like one for eighteen with twelve strikeouts. He just went into. I mean, you you were you're a Tigers fan. You know that Curtis has a propensity to go into those streaks where it's like, wow, he just swung at a ball that was rolled to the plate. Yeah, uh, he should probably True. take a couple plays that. off. <laughs> <laughs> so but boy, they, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think I would have stuck with those guys. I, yeah, and of course, the loss of Derek Jeter was, you know, right. Oh, that. That little thing. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, that guy. Yeah. And I actually felt really bad about that because uh, I went to school in Kalamazoo, Michigan, of all places, and he's a he was a Kalamazoo kid. That's right. I forgot that. That's right. You played that's at right. the Loy Norix High School before he, you know, went into, the I guess, the farm system of the Yankees. Um, yep. Number one but, overall uh, dra- or number two overall draft pick. Yeah. A lot of them felt really bad about that. That's, you know, that's kind of one of those, like, if Peyton Manning goes down or Tom Brady, it really doesn't matter who you root for. Um, yeah. I feel kind we, of bad because they're we, such superstars. We said it last week on the show, even being huge Met fans and really hating him quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> we, we respect the crap out of him. You have to respect the sure. guy. The other, thing with, the other thing with Jeter with us, Hutch, is that we're, we're the same. Cal and I are, are both the same age as him. So right. uh, not that, again, if I, if I only wasn't 215 and – uh, but we've him breaking watching him break down is sort yeah. of like wow. Uh, if he can't do it anymore, I'm lucky I can get out of bed in the morning. Like, are you still Steve? Are you still playing baseball? I'm not playing hardball anymore. I I stopped when uh, when Wes was born, uh, and I'm, t- I'm I've taken the last two years off. I'm probably gonna play again next summer. But uh, yeah, you know, just uh, just took a look, and uh, also old and fat. So there's that. Oh boy, uh, you know what you do? Here's the quick cure. My wife is from Milwaukee. Get in a plane, go to Milwaukee. It, it you will feel like a stud. You will feel like <laughs> a thin, 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 very in shape man who's going to live to be a hundred. <laughs> so you're saying it's location right now. Oh, yeah, because, you know, in L.A., we're like the fattest human beings of all time. It's like oh, the guy from Dune that can only float. And then <laughs> we go back to the walk, and it's like, hey, what's up? I, I kid, I enjoy Milwaukee very much. Of course. And we, uh, your wife is fantastic, too. Cal's wife's one of the cooler cooler women you'll ever meet. Buzz is uh, is also an actress, and she's she's just fantastic. Uh, how is Buzz doing, by the way? She's doing great. Our, uh, you know, we're both uh, in a constant battle of wills, epic Clash of the Titans with our two daughters. Um, and, uh, and we're both, you know, just going out there and, hitting the bricks and trying to act and um we have our own theater company so you know things are things are looking good 
Nice. Well, we we get back to the acting in a minute. I want to talk about the World Series now. Now, last time you you guys were there was uh, 06. Almost yep. played almost played our Metropolitans. <laughs> yeah. Had it uh, had it not been for uh, selfish Carlos Beltran. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a running joke here in New York, actually, Hutch, because <laughs> Met fans have the 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 most ridiculous opinion of Carlos Beltran, considering that he's the greatest free agent they ever signed. And he, he hit like 40 home runs. I mean, he was just, he was a ridiculously good player for the Mets. And yep. he's remembered for that stupid called third strike um, when he shouldn't be. But anyway, so there's there's a whole Twitter tag, like selfish Carlos Beltran. It's great. Oh, uh, um, you know, it's that line for Moneyball. Like, if you don't win the last game, nobody really. Nobody remembers. That's right. Remembers um, who you are. So, 06, you lost to the Cardinals. I bet you you were happy not to see them again. Absolutely, but uh, I will tell you, it's, it's the exact same scenario. You know, we have uh, lots of days off to get rusty. And I, you know, I, I would bring it up to you guys. I, I don't know what to think of that. Like, you get four or five days off before you go into the World Series. I can see it both ways. Either you get really rusty and your timing's off and you get spanked, or you're rested and in better shape and you do well. And I... I don't know what to think. Yeah, Cal, what do you think there? Uh, that that's a great point because they've had like what, like seven days off. This, yeah, it's a good luck time off. I mean, I mean, they're they're, you know, they're uh, scrimmaging against like triple A teams. They've got a, they've got enough time to do that. So, right. you know. The, the, look, the best part about it is, from a matchup standpoint, is that you have a completely fresh Justin Verlander. Who has thrown about nine thousand pitches this year, and <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know has thrown more innings than anybody over the last three years in you know in recent. Ma- he's like a he's like Walter Johnson. I mean, he's a ridiculous throwback. So you have him he is, fresh. Uh, he's crazy. Good. I love that guy. By the way, I, things are actually yeah. awkward. Uh, if I were to meet Justin Verlander, it might be a little awkward. That's all I'm saying. I, you're gonna have to arm wrestle Kate Upton for him. I uh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> That's, but, yeah. I could probably I could probably win that. She's slight. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's um, <laughs> I uh but they you know, you have him rested for games one you know, one, four and seven. Uh yep. that's that's a huge advantage over this San Francisco team that just expended a lot of energy coming back from three uh, three one deficit and uh very emotional series and coming back and offering the Cardinals. I think that's advantageous. But it doesn't fix it doesn't fix your bullpen. Yes. <laughs> I know that uh, uh, Valverde, I just read that he worked on some mechanics and things are looking better than giving up four home runs every time he <laughs> comes in to save again. Right. That would be but good. There's there's some worry about that. There's some worry about, um, you know, if, if they have the guys to do it. But I will say you're onto the right track, which is the starting pitching has just really come at the right time. You know, Doug Fister was hurt for a long time and came back, and he, you know, what broke that record of 11 strikeouts in a row, and then Scherzer's pitching 10, 11 strikeouts per game and uh, not getting a lot of hits on him. And then there's, of course, the Justin Verlander, who, you know, just gets stronger as the game goes on. It's kind of weird and freaky. Um <laughs> 
So let's hope that those guys can keep going, and let's hope that you know people like Delman Young and uh, Abisel Garcia can keep hitting these just w- like weird, correctly timed clutch hits. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good recipe right there, you know. That usually works. Now let me ask you something. Um, you're in the World Series again, first you know, second time in, in six years. Are you happy to be there? Or are you expecting to win this year? Will this be a bitter disappointment if you, if the Tigers can't beat the Giants? Yes, absolutely. Just, yeah. Without a doubt. You know, secretly deep down, I am expecting to win. I expect that because they they've sort of been so close before. Besides 2006, they they've been in the mix a couple of times. And sure. If you can't, if you've already done it once a few years ago, and then you get really close again, and then you get there and you can't do it. it it, it is a very bitter pill to swallow. And this is from, you know, we're, you know, it's a, it's a hockey town. I know we said we wouldn't talk about hockey, but it's like you have to, you have to be better than the Red Wings if you're going to really make a name for yourself in Detroit. And, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of legacy that, that they've left uh, is, is pretty difficult to beat. So uh, that, that does play into it. And I would hope, I pray, that they will win. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they have a great chance in this series. I really do because I think you know, you have Matt Kane for the Giants. Obviously, the Giants have gotten great pitching uh, from Kane. They got a great outing out of Barry Zito, but Barry Zito against that lineup is is not a great matchup. Tim Lincecum has not been himself. He pitched to a 5 ERA, lost 15 games. You know, it, it, it does he recapture a little bit of magic? I'm not a huge believer in Ryan Vogel's song, and their lineup to me can their lineup to me is relying on guys like Angel Pagan. Like, I know Buster Posey will always be there, pa- uh, Pablo Sandoval. You know, uh, these are guys that can hit. But, like, a guy like Angel Pagan, I watched Angel Pagan for two or three years. He can go into a slump at, like, a moment. Like, if he has a bad shave, like, if he doesn't get his chin strap right or whatever, it could lead to, like, a five, you know, five-day slump. Like, he can go into the, a slump at the drop of a hat. And I think, again, just... That three four five, you know, of Fielder, Cabrera, and and uh, Delman Young uh, allows your ancillary guys like you like even an Austin Jackson or or Don Kelly, while we're at it, uh, yeah. or an Avilas, you know, like it allows those those uh, those other guys that fill out the lineup to maybe have big series and come on. I I think they can, I think they can do it. You know, Hutch, I was cracking up. I didn't get to see a lot of the Tigers this year. And then I'm watching him in the playoffs and stuff. I'm watching him down the stretch. And when you see, I told Cal, I think I may have even tweeted it, but when you see that three, four, five of Fielder, Cabrera, and Delman Young go down in order, like it must mean that like the buffet is open in the locker room, like because that's the only way to describe that three, four, five is chunky. Yeah. I mean, Delman Young, Delman Young looks like a tick about to pop in his helmet. Like he really just. He fills out the whole helmet. You know, he really, the ear... He really, he really does. <laughs> it's like someone passed him a note in the dugout like, hey, they're starting new chili to put on the county dogs. So <laughs> head on up when you're done, when you strike out. Right, they, um, just, took the, they just took the covers off the sternos. So you, you may, you may want to make this a quick inning. I think, you know, I think Delman's still atoning for his, uh, his naughty yes. comment to the Ohio couple outside the New York Hotel. Yeah, good job, everybody. Yeah, nicely, nicely done. 
Well done. Uh, well, ni- yeah. you know, you have 19 beers, you'll say a lot of things. <laughs> exactly. Art, now, art now uh, you wouldn't know, and I wouldn't know anything about that, by the way. I don't know what you're talking no. about or referring no. to. Um, now, so let's get a prediction. Uh, obviously, uh, Tigers, uh, how many games will this take, Hutch? I'm going to say uh, if they can take one in San Francisco, Tigers in five. Ooh, I if like the confidence. Lose, if they lose the first two, I think it's Tigers in seven. And here's the kicker. Here's the asterisk. If they lose based on some crazy home court advantage with the All-Star game, mm-hmm. how bad does Justin Verlander feel? That he pitched so crappily in the All Star game. Mm. Mm. Nice. How about that one? Nice. It's well like done. The, it's like the the pitcher's nightmare. Right. <laughs> that he. But that I, he do, has, I do. Th- I do. He has a dream. He doesn't know his lines. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> My shorts are off. <laughs> Why am I about to do Shakespeare and I haven't rehearsed? Don't even. I'm going to have that dream tonight. Now I'm, I have uh, it all. The time. Yep. I I still have it too. And, and I it's don't that know. and the it's it's akin to the uh, the eighth grade math class with the erection that just won't stop, <laughs> <laughs> and you have and you're called up to do the problem on the board. It's similar right. to that. Cal, uh, do you have the uh, do you ever have the uh, back in high school can't remember your locker combo? Uh, the eighth grade erection, yeah, I've had that one. No, 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 we're past the. Oh, we're past. Oh, we've moved on from that one. <laughs> oh. No, the uh, we were the, sharing. The the have you guys ever had that one the uh, the locker combo one oh, yeah. you're back in high school and you can't remember you got to get into your locker you're between classes and you can't remember your locker oh, yeah. combo. Yes. Yeah, I I love that one. I've also had the one where um, I've I'm now it's I, it's now it's current. I'm 38 years old and I failed math, and I have to go back to high school now. As a 38-year-old? As a 38, as suddenly I'm in an Adam Sandler movie, and I have to go back to <laughs> high school now, and I can't remember my locker combination. Wait, now, did oh, they just that, figure out that you failed they math? They just figured out that I failed math. I failed Mr. Urquhart's class, and I have to go back and make up this math class to get my high school diploma, and oh. I can't remember my locker combo. And I have an erection at the locker. <laughs> and I have an erection. <laughs> Cal, what's your uh, what's your series prediction? World Series. My series prediction. I think I'm. I got to go with Detroit in six. Okay, and I like Detroit in seven. I think we're going to get a game seven with Verlander. Mm-hmm. Verlander cool. and Kane, I. I mean, I am praying for a Verlander Kane game seven. That would just be so great. Not for you so much, Hutch. I, I don't think he's praying else. for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the good thing this year is that uh, if uh, if they were playing in St. Louis, I would not be able to drive five hours and try to scalp a ticket and go see them. Right. But that's right. Now, now I can do that, and that's kind of exciting. You should do that. You should do I, that. I've, I've talked about it with. I've just actually met a couple of Detroit guys this year, and we're all we're in negotiations. You're all palling around out there in L.A. doing the L.A. thing. Yeah. Well, they just opened some Detroit Coney on the Sunset Strip uh, by, oh, who's that guy? Matt, Matt is it Matt Binder, who, who wrote The Mind of the Married Man? Yeah. Mike Binder. Mike Binder. I think he he opened this uh, Detroit place. He opened a joint? 
Coney Island dogs and Fago and Verners and all that stuff. So we I've been a couple times and uh look at him with my Detroit buddies and it's fun. And we're giving him a plug. Nice. I should call him up. Yeah, if totally. He wants, if he wants to be a sponsor. <laughs> now, uh, we well, we got to we got to do one hockey thing. Sure. Because you you got to be losing your mind. Got to be losing. We're we're as you know with me being an Islander fan, Cal is a bigger Islander fan than I am. Oh, hello. Fortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we 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 may be the only two people on Long Island who care. Uh, that there's there's no hockey right now. You got to be the, Detroit's got to be going out of their mind. I, I guess they've got the Tigers to think about. Right. But yes, it was oh, it right. was almost like um, well, I don't know how, what the equivalency is. Like if if you were a smoker for twenty years and you hadn't had a cigarette in two days, right. you kind of you kind of were like, oh my god, where is that? It was a little bit like that for hockey last week. I was like, oh my god, I haven't seen any hockey. What right. the, what the hell? Um, and yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. You know, I I don't know how they'll. I can't believe the Red Wings. By the way, got Jordan Tutu, who I I, I hate so much. <laughs> uh, but he he's the one guy in the league besides like a Sean Avery that you want on your team. You know what I mean? Right. You hate him when he's elsewhere. Oh my God, he's such a little. I won't say it on the podcast. <laughs> We did an entire we did an entire show. We've done almost entire shows on what to do when a player you hate comes to play for your team. It's a, it's a, it's a can dilemma. You give, can you give me any uh, like ten second advice? Uh, we came up with uh, you got to root for the laundry. <laughs> yes, there it is. It probably had nothing to do with Tim Tebow. Oh wait, no, it had everything to do with Tim Tebow. I'm sorry, oh, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Magic man. Y'all got a little Jesus there in New York. That, that's going to help you out now. Oh, they sure do. Oh, boy. Spiritually, I don't know about football-wise. No, no, but spiritually, we we are we are good. Hey, did you see that uh, uh, Mark Sanchez and Eva Longoria split up? Eva well, Longoria. Yep, split I up today. I guess I so, know who I'm going to email tonight. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Absolutely. So our, our, our season starts now. Now we can start winning. <laughs> Because women weaken now legs. he's not thinking about her 19.5 hours a day. Right. <laughs> um, you remember when I was in that play with her, Hutch. You remember that? Oh, that was before I met you. That was before I, Dealer. I did, you know, I was with the uh, 68 Cent Crew. Remember those yeah. guys? Yeah. And I, I did Mary Fagan and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I did a play with her, Cal. My before God. before Desperate Housewives. Yes, I know. I've mentioned it on the podcast. You're nodding your head. Okay, you sorry. You mentioned it in life. I'm not sure. Well, not the point of how many hours a day did how many hours a day did you think about her? That's probably more than Mark Sanchez did. Okay, see, just the point five, right? That's right. <laughs> I got that twentieth hour in. Now you're you, making you put, me feel like a name dropper, Cal. That's not. I'm not. No, a of course not. So Hutch, when you were working with Denzel Washington. Oh, nice. <laughs> Subtle. Well, I'll tell you, you know, D and I, um, oh, my God. D-Wash? Uh, D-Wash. He, uh, I'm going to stop there. I, I, You know, I made him laugh. I'll tell you this. I made him laugh once at, like, 4 in the morning in some all-night shoot, and I made him and Val Kilmer laugh, and I felt like the freshman at the senior kicker. That's all I'll say. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm funny. I made Denzel Washington laugh. That should be 
that should be on your special skills, on your acting resume. Or, or and that might even superstars laugh in a pinch. That, that might even be a credit. <laughs> like, it, like made Denzel Washington and Val Kilmer laugh at the same time. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, Hutch, I need you. I need you to tell Cal about um, two things. One about uh, working with Mickey Rooney. Oh my God, Almighty! <laughs> and you got to tell Cal about getting cast as a like a murdering pedophile or whatever it was on NYPD Blue. Well, here's the was thing. it work? Was it NYPD Blue? Well, hold on. Uh, <laughs> you're you're digging out more than you know. Um, God forgive me. I've been cast as a pedophile twice. Okay. The one on NYPD Blue was semi-retarded. So, oh, well, no. no, that's yeah, pretty classic. Uh, and yeah. uh, Rick Schroeder got to beat me up. Um. <laughs> And that was pretty funny. And then Mickey Rooney, I did this kid show. <laughs> inappropriate. PJ, PJ, inappropriate. Yeah. Inappropriate. <laughs> Although I, I have heard he's, 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 the dude is well endowed. I, I've heard this. Um, <laughs> Mickey true? Rooney? Mickey Rooney, yeah. Yes. But he said the most inappropriate things and uh, not... Don't quote me directly, but things like this. His son, Chris, is on the set. Hey, Chris, why is your girlfriend dressing like a $2 whore? <laughs> things like that. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty fun. <laughs> that was a Disney film, though, right? That was a Disney film. Um, <laughs> Shit, funny, I'm not I, making I, it up. It was, it was on the yeah. set of a Disney movie. Yeah. It was a good time. And, does, he um, get, does he get away with that because he's Mickey Rooney or because he's old? Both. Yeah, I think a little of both, probably, right? <laughs> yeah, it's but, definitely both. But, by the uh, way, that, that was anchoring. an extraordinarily solid Mickey Rooney impression, by the way. Uh, cheers. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> was the biggest star in the world. <laughs> I love that that was your first movie, Like, right? That was like your first movie experience? Yeah, that was that was one of my first uh that was my my first movie in Los Angeles and and it allowed me uh to save up enough money to buy my my wife her engagement ring. So there you go. So there you go. Good job Mickey. Um, because because basically they were like, "Hey, look, we got like three kids who are 7911, a doddering old man, and Rich Hutchman. So bring Rich to the set at like 5 a.m. and if any of them peter out, we'll just put him in something." And that was the only reason why I made any money. It's a great, I love it. it's a, it's a rags to riches Hollywood story. It really is. It's it's super sweet. <laughs> why, yeah. why your why is your wife dressed like a two dollar whore? <laughs> I was the I was the biggest star in the world. I love here. Uh, you used to tell the stories about being on set with him and some of the stuff he would say, Cal. I love hearing that he's actually Dana Carvey. Like he really is. It sounds like he is that impression. I love that. Oh, so good. So choice. Now, now we have now had uh, two prominent members of the cast of Deja Vu on on the podcast. Because I had... Hello. I had... Uh, Hutch, I had uh, Mark Finney on. We had Mark Finney on. Wow. Because I know uh, Mark Finney through my buddy Terry from their old sketch days and stuff. And so and so we had Finn on because he wrote and directed a movie that's coming out next year. 
So we, we had him on to promote the movie and stuff and talk about the Red Sox. He's a big Boston Red Sox guy. And I said to him, uh, I said to him, I said, oh, you know, I, we hadn't talked about you and the connection or whatever. And uh, I love Finney. He pissed all over it. It was great. He was like, yeah, that's not Steve. He's like, so you brought me on to talk about how your buddy was in a movie with me. Good for you. <laughs> Good job. It was so funny. It was great. We I'm need to have. I'll, we need I'll to I'll have. Uh, right. We need to have Val. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you want to get D or V on the show, uh, just give me a call, and I'll, that, I'll hook it up. Now the last D or V. Hey, I made them laugh once. Okay. <laughs> I wrote a hit play and directed it, so I'm not sweating it either. Hutch. Uh, one last thing, you got to tell uh, Cal and PJ about Snidely. <laughs> I've tried to explain Snidely, and I have failed. So, well, now uh, you're going to have to help. I can't remember how it began. It, I, I can tell you exactly how it began, and and only because Cal and I have talked about it on on the show over the three years we've been doing, almost three years we've been doing this. We have talked about how great hockey interviews, post game hockey interviews, are. And that's right. where it started. It started with us joking about hockey interviews and like, ah, you know, we uh, just tried to have some good passing and, uh, you know, put the puck in the net and, uh, you know, uh, Jugsy uh, really got it done today and uh, Oxy was really good too and uh, Balesy was uh, was good. And and, and that developed well, into... That is, that is Snidely. That is... Right. It developed into... He's a he's a British soccer legend. Imagine like the guy in Snatch with the big teeth, but as you know that horrible gangster with the big teeth who um, he talks sort of like this, and then make him a football manager, and he just will say things like, um, "Yeah, it was, it was dreadful pitch conditions today. Uh, midfield was not serving. The service was horrible up front." Uh, but we didn't deserve the result we got. <laughs> that's you know, it, it, that's Snidely. Yeah. That's Snidely, and it, it developed it developed to the point, Cal, where we would do that in the dressing room before the show. We would do entire. We were doing a play together in in uh, North Hollywood or in Burbank, and we would like that matters. And um, we we would do okay. entire improv, like just hanging out, like talking, we would do entire improvs with Snidely being interviewed, because it turns out that Premier League soccer players, their interviews are as bad. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it is the most horrible, cliche thing ever. They they say the most milk toast, like, you know, like in between 45 and 53% volatility, uh, but they will not go any higher. Uh, right. <laughs> it's pretty funny. They're all Derek Jeter, Cal, <laughs> but, but with like but, but English, right? With like ridiculous British accents and completely polite, right. like like yeah. The pros were not our friends today. Uh, <laughs> really, right. that that team is top table, really top of the heap. Uh, <laughs> we used to have it, some. It, it's, it's a bit of a thundery, really, because uh, I've, I've had woodworkers in my family, but the woodwork was not our friends today. Uh, not at all. And, and that's the, how they ended it. We didn't, we, either we did deserve the result, or we didn't deserve <laughs> that's the right. result. That's you, right. You either deserved the result, or you didn't deserve the result. 
And, and uh, now, you know, the EPL is so international now, you can just, you can make it a Spanish person, an Italian person. <laughs> it is, you can make it like a Russian oligarch. It doesn't matter. They all say exactly the same right. thing in crazy accents, and it's pretty damn funny. Oh, it was so great. It was it was a uh, it was like a perfect warm up for the show because we we had to do these these British dialects anyway. So we'd just sit there and ask Snidely questions like, uh, "Tell us about your parents, Snidely. Were they uh, influential in you playing uh, footy?" Uh, well, not particularly. But my my <laughs> father was from a top table family from Shropshire, and uh, my mother was uh, you know in the parlance of the times. Uh, uh, a lovely lady uh, from West London, and they put uh, together some efforts, and uh, on the result, it's not the result they deserve, but <laughs> you know, oh, it just so goes, great. just goes so on. Oh, great! On. Yes, it was. It that was. Uh, I I've missed Snidely. He had like by the <laughs> end of the by the end of the run of the show, he had a whole family. He had kids. <laughs> like it was great. Uh, oh, yeah. Hutch. Uh, Hutch, what are you working on? Anything to uh, promote? Anything to plug? Oh, boy. I, you know, I just did a foreign internet-only uh, uh, commercial for Dodge where I'm in a Speedo, which... Uh, uh, wait, hold I, on. wait what now? What now? Yeah. What? I did a, a, I did this commercial in only a Speedo, um, dancing oh behind a barbecue like uh, an American retard does. <laughs> and... It, but it's foreign internet only, and I, I'm going to say this: if, if you can hear me in Russia, Latin America, or Australia, once you see it, it's a lot like two girls in a cup. You cannot get it out of your head. <laughs> you can't unsee it. Some things cannot be unseen. Right. So put this thing on ham radio tonight, and see if you can get it to those countries. I want to warn those people. That's um, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and uh, I just did like a scary alien movie called Dark Skies. I think it's coming out in February, so please awesome. uh, please look for it. Awesome, fantastic! And you have the is the are the Scots uh, commercials still running? Uh you know what a nice guy that uh, Scottish guy Phil McKee, by the way. Um, maybe you can try to get him on sometime. I would. Uh, love we would just we would just be giggling so much because of his dialect, though. Because he actually does talk exactly the right. way that would make you giggle. I thought for sure that you, I, when I first saw that commercial, Hutch, I was like, how did they put two people who look so alike? <laughs> like, in the, like in the commercial. Uh, wait, one guy's. Wait, Hutch is not doing this because I know you have a Scottish. I. I'm like. Uh, you know, he's he's the, he's the real deal, and I'm I'm all Americanized now, man. Right, he's genuine. He's genuine article. Sure. You're just a kid. You're just a kid from Rock City. I mean, you just, what do you know? Yeah, I'm. You know, any Rust Belt kid. Feed it. <laughs> it's your lawn. Feed it. Feed it. <laughs> you bastard. Feed it, you bastard. They, why couldn't they tag that with you, bastard? <laughs> I think they did, and it just didn't it didn't play well with sixty-eight to seventy-five-year-old men who are watching. You know. <laughs> Baseball on Saturday afternoon. Cal, Cal, you got anything uh, uh, for Hutch? Any questions? No, I'm good. Steve. You're good. You've seen yeah. it. Was that a Zales commercial too, Hutch? Was it a Zales commercial? Oh boy. Love oh yeah. That one. Bye. And uh, the next time we talk, I'll tell you the Zales story. Oh boy. Which is much more in depth than uh, <laughs> than I can get, in, I can get into now. 
I love it. Well, listen, seriously, brother, it's great to talk to you. Thank you for coming on with us for a couple of minutes. Please do come back, especially uh, if and when your T-Grace win. But even more so, yeah. when when hockey does start up, I would love to uh, to have you on to talk to hockey because I know you uh, you love you uh, some Red Wings. That would be great. I, I do love me some, some hockey and uh, the moves that Minnesota made. I can't believe that they, they got those guys. And, Crazy uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, maybe we can talk after the, the Islanders always play the Red Wings once or twice a year, right? Maybe we can talk they after that. They do indeed. They do indeed. After that battle. In, in, in fact, we've somehow played really well against them at home, right, Cal? Yes. For some, we play well there, too. Yeah, for some reason we've played you guys tough. I don't know why. We don't play anybody else. No, though. nobody else. <laughs> Not well, so much uh, anybody else. We can also, I'm sure, connect on the fact that L.A. Kings fans are now the most insufferable human beings oh. on the face of the planet. Are they really? Uh, yes, and, and rightfully so. They they played very well. Uh, but yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that whole thing. I'm glad that they wound up getting a strike immediately after they won. <laughs> <laughs> they deserved it. Hutch, I love you, brother. Best to the girls. Love you guys. Best to your All family. All right, buddy. Thanks. All right. Rich Hutchman, uh, check him out. Cal, just such a good guy. Oh yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you for hanging in on that, Cal. I know uh, you you don't know him from Adam, but uh, he's he's just a really good guy, and I I knew we'd we'd have some fun with him. And he, he tells you know we used to sit there before Dealer's Choice. Uh, the great thing about that play, Bri, was it was in a really small theater up in Burbank, about a hundred seats. We were sold out for seven months, so it was really well received. But the back of the theater, the guy who owned the theater who was in the play, had designed a grotto. We used to call it the grotto. He uh-huh. had like a full bar in the back, and he had rigged up a Coke machine with Heinekens. And uh, and then he had a dressing room with a big TV, like really way nicer than you would expect out of a 100-seat theater. Wow. And I was there every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for seven months doing the show. So we would hang out in the grotto outside. He had like a water fountain out there. I mean, it was incredible. That's cool. And uh, you know, we'd sit and you know just uh, have beers after the show and hang out and just and just uh, crack each other up and stuff. Hutch is a, uh, a super talented actor. You know what he needs, Brian? He what Hutch needs? needs? Yeah, you know what? I, I've I've said this forever, and this is he needs like a West Wing. He needs a Richard Schiff in West Wing. Okay. That's what can, he needs. All right. He needs that. He's he's that good, and he needs to be like a regular on a Sorkin, on like Newsroom. Um, he actually did a small bit on uh, Studio 60. Yeah, I saw that on his IMDb page. Yeah. He needs like Richard Schiff in West Wing, like that. how that made Richard Schiff. You know, character guy who'd hung around forever and blah, 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 blah. He needs that. He deserves that. He's a really, really good guy. Um, okay, should we do the fun load? We have left a perfect allotment of time. for. Uh, for we're not going to talk football at all? Uh, it doesn't seem that way unless we talk football and not do the fun load. Right, or we could talk football for 15 minutes, then do the fun load in overtime, break it off, and do like we did last week. Uh, your choice. I uh I would I we gotta say something about football. The Jets lost a heartbreaking game to the Patriots. They did. Uh we're going to the game this weekend. We are. That's okay. that's our annual game. 
the Giants won a ridiculous game against the Redskins where they, they were on the verge of losing and then somehow Victor Cruz catches a 77-yard touchdown pass from e- Eli Manning at this point now, Cal throws like two bad picks a game and it doesn't matter. And 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 I say it doesn't matter not media-wise or any of that crap. It It doesn't matter to his confidence. He comes back and just wins the game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like that's a huge difference in him from five years ago or four years ago. Is that those two picks, as bad as they were in that Redskin game, would ruin him in the past for the rest of the game? He's now, yeah, he's matured. Doesn't matter. What did you think of? So, two quick questions, and then we'll go. Sanchez, since um, Holmes is out, I'm going to throw out the Texans game because that was the first week. Uh, Keller wasn't back, first of all. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, uh, I'm gonna throw. They were still reeling from losing Holmes and blah 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 blah. And he didn't play that badly there. They just they they just got JJ Wadded. But Sanchez, since he's lost Holmes, is 39 of 59 for over 400 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. It's not a coincidence. It's not. It, it's not nearly a coincidence. I mean, we and and uh, this week there's been so many comparisons made between Eli Manning and Mark Sanchez, and where Mark Sanchez is at this at the same stage of the career that that Eli Manning was at, and a lot of what changed for Eli Manning was getting some of the negative influences out of the room, getting Tiki Barber out of the room, getting Jeremy Shockey out of the room. And that seemed to help Eli kind of take over the team and make it his own. Now, it's not the same situation with Santonio Holmes because it's going to be hard for Mark Sanchez to make that team his when the coaching staff doesn't really believe in him. Or you can argue that they don't believe in him. No, I, but think, I think it's clear that they didn't show confidence in that game. I think they play called, uh, Tony Sperano play called in that game uh, based on what he has seen of Mark Sanchez, not what he had seen from Mark Sanchez that game. Right. Because right, I, if he was going by that game, he completely puts the ball in his hands. The guy was 16 to 20 for 190 yards and a touchdown in the second half, and that includes the Stephen Hill drop. And when they get the ball back with, you know, after the after the fumbled kickoff with just over two minutes left, and they ran the ball three times, you would have given, if you had confidence in Sanchez, you would have put the ball in his hands and told them, go out there and win the game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But getting but getting Santonio Holmes out of there for now, I think can only benefit him. Because as, for as much as we heard they were trying to get on the same page and they spent the offseason together and they were, you know, working out their differences, it just they, they weren't going to get on the same page ever for whatever reason. So for, for Holmes not being there, I think it can only help Sanchez. Yeah, and an interesting one was the checkdowns in the last game especially. You know, six completions for 45 yards to his backs out of nine passes. That's huge. And and I don't I don't think that's unrelated. I mean, we, we we did say it last week, but Brian, we talked about it. I don't think that's unrelated to the fact that Mark Sanchez is going through his progressions more because he doesn't feel the need to force the ball to San Antonio Holmes. Or he doesn't fear if he checks down... He's going to have Holmes come back to the huddle and say, I was open. Why did you right. throw the ball to me? Well, but then you can make an argument that he shouldn't have to fear that ever. 
because he's the quarterback of the team. Yeah, but you know it doesn't work that way, Bry. It doesn't work that way, but, you know, that's part of Sanchez's personality that it just might not work out Also here. true, also true. That's also true. Um, I, I think he has taken a, you know, going back and, uh, again, check out turnonthejets.com because they just, Rob, uh, I think it's Rob Shaletti, I think that's how you say his name, Coletti. There's a bunch of Italian guys over there. Uh, but Joe Caparosa, those guys do such a great job uh, and uh, breaking down the game film, the defensive game film. Joe and Rob are breaking down Sanchez's performance. Joe breaks down Sanchez's performance by every pass. Literally. Um, every drop back, you know, and he's calling it straightforward. He's a bit of a Sanchez defender. We've had him on the show, Bri, but I think he's being very fair and balanced. I really do. Uh, but the great thing that came out today that people are starting to say, and Green Lantern Jet uh, you know, uh, sort of picked up on this too, Jeff Capolini. Boy, what's with these guys? <laughs> Gee whiz. Uh, it picked up on it too, is that you know, they're, they're never going to play Tim Tebow. <laughs> I mean, that's the sort of like, and I'm not saying that's necessarily true, but Tim Tebow is not going to start a game barring a Mark Sanchez injury. I mean, if he hasn't started now, when's he going to? Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're playing their eighth game of the season next week. Right, half the season. And Sanchez was at a forty-eight percent completion percentage. Yeah. You know, for a little while there. Again, we we feel that a lot of that's not his fault, but uh, or some of that's not his fault. But again, they it just goes to show what we said when they made the trade, Bry, which is that he's not a good quarterback. That the, no. the the Jets run off or the Jets. <laughs> I think, uh, Cal, I think this is the Bishop's new uh, theme music for the Jets. Is this Three Dog Night? No idea. Is it? I don't know. Probably not. I just... Uh, that song always reminds me of, of uh, like, Fat Albert. With the whistles? It just this whole song just reminds me of... The What Goes Up always sounded like a Fat Albert song to me. <laughs> I figured you'd like it because it, it sounds like a circus at the end. <laughs> it's just my new theme for the Jets. There it is. It's What it's Goes Up, circus. Must Come Down, followed by a circus. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well done. I, I I think that if you look at Sanchez's performance in this last game on the field... Um, I saw some uh, in in the span of one game, Bri. You saw everything that you would love about the guy, and everything that drives you crazy about him. Yep. And that's and that's the bottom line of his career. He's wildly inconsistent. Can you win with him? Will he ever be anything more than a middling quarterback? Don't know. I mean, I think the jury's still out. But the the inconsistency drives you nuts because that. Interception to Stephen Hill is terrible. It's one of the worst throws I've ever seen him make. It's poor mechanically. He waited too long. The timing is off. He threw it flat-footed, and he threw a punt. But the touchdown he threw to Dustin Keller into triple coverage was one of the best throws I've ever seen him make. Easily. Easily a top three throw that I've ever seen him make. And that's all in the same game. All in the same game. And, I mean, the throw he made to Keller for the touchdown... You know, five quarterbacks don't even try. Right. You, you, you would you can find me five quarterbacks that even try to fit that pass in there, let alone succeed in doing it. So 
you know, and and those those uh, those routes to Curly on the cross, you know, like the fan route coming across, they hit three of those for like sixty yards. And and he just shows how well he can uh, on those plays step up in the pocket, maybe wait for the play, buy a little time, use the velocity that's necessary. Um, you don't have to use the fastball there, but still have enough touch to get it over the linebacker or the or the strong safety's uh, head. I mean, it's just wonderful things you see, and you go, why can't you do this every down? I don't know why he can't do it. Because mechanically things fall apart for him. I think that's part of it. Yeah, but but we've seen quarterbacks where mechanically things fall apart, but they, they have something else that allows them to kind of rally themselves. Yeah. He well, I mean, seem to have that. I think he does, Bri, because he does rally himself in the same game. I think what you see, what I see, and I'm not any sort of quarterback's coach. This is just, you know, an eye test. Look, he can make every throw except we – I was talking about this with uh, my buddy Jimmy, Cal, and, and, and we were arguing about the every throw thing. And I said, well, no, he can make every throw. And Jimmy's argument, and it was a valid one, was, no, he can't make that, uh, you know, that, that throw outside the hash when he sees a guy come open. If he throws outside the hash, it's on a timing route. And he has to he, – he can't just sit back and fire the ball outside the hash when he sees a guy come open. You know, it's either a comeback or an out or it's got to be a timing route. I said, okay, that's fair. Good point. The other throw he cannot make, Brian, is a screen of any kind. He can't throw a bubble screen. He can't throw a slip screen. He can't throw the wide receiver comeback screen. He can't – he cannot throw a screen. It's just always awkward. It just looks – Terrible. It's a. He's had two of the worst picks you'll ever see on them. Uh, against the Dolphins last year and against the Dolphins this year. You know he just he cannot throw a screen. And it's 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 a shame because it's a big part of an. I mean you see Tom Brady do it. It's such a money play. Phil Simms said it during the game and he's right. They need seven yards. They're backed up in their own goal line. They throw that little bubble screen to Wes Welker. It's 10 yards. Mm-hmm. He cannot throw it. But he can make every other throw. He can do everything else you need to do. He's not real great outside the numbers throwing the deep ball. But he can make it. He can get it out there. Uh, he you know, he tends to float it outside. The other thing, Bri, that uh, I've seen over the last few weeks, and I think I've noticed before, he's only six feet tall, right? Um... They list him at six one. That's generous. I think he's six feet tall. Mm-hmm. He's high a lot, right? He throws high. He's off target high a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> left that one out there. Just dangling. He's off target high, but he also throws the ball into the line of scrimmage a lot too. Well, he gets a lot of passes, but passes batted down because he's only six feet tall. Right, but but how how can he both be high with his passes? And low with his passes because he's he's low with his passes because of his height. Right. He's high with his passes because he's trying to compensate for his lack of height and get the ball over the defensive line. Okay. And he doesn't know how to like Drew Brees does. Drew Brees is the best example of this. How to uh, throw through windows and set your feet up and set yourself up to throw through windows. Right. 
you know, which is another reason I keep saying he needs to go to <laughs> he needs to go to uh to New Orleans. That, that <laughs> and, learn, and learn Sean Payton's offense and learn behind Drew Brees. Well, that may be his lot in life when the when the Jets move over to Tebow. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. they're not they're not moving over to Tebow. But well, but Woody Johnson says he's not going anywhere for three years. So yeah, but it ain't going to be as a quarterback. <laughs> what are going to do with them? Right, they're going to keep they're going to keep using him as the personal punt protector. I don't know. Hey, it's not going to be as a quarterback, Cal. No, it's not. That's I think that's that's been made very clear. So, uh, huge game against Miami this week. We're going. If they can get to four and four and get to the, I'm sort of back in a little bit with this team. If you looked at, we looked at the schedule before the season started, and they are pretty much exactly where we thought they'd be. Yeah. Right. It's just been such a weird way they got there. It's a weird way to get there, and and if they win this Sunday, which we think they were they're going to, well, we thought they were going to when the season started. We said four and four heading into the bye. Now we said four and four heading into the bye, not realizing that the rest of the AFC was going to come back to the pack. Right. So they're a little bit ahead of the game from where we thought they'd be. Right. Yeah, that's no, that's true. It's just how the, it's the blowout to the Forty ers It's the Terrible, you know, losing Revis. It's and now this loss to the Patriots, where they could have won. You know, yeah. Giants uh, play the Cowboys. Oh boy, that should be a fun game down in Dallas. Yep, down in Dallas. Dallas Cow- Cowboys go for the sweep. I I don't think there's any chance. And the Cowboys are favored by a point in this game. That's what it opened at. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that's going to happen. I know they get. The three for being at home, but the Giants should be favored by like a touchdown in this game. I mean, the the Giants are far superior than to the Cowboys. Far superior. Yeah. And this is a better team. And Eli Eli plays great down there too. Yeah, they have no fear about going into that building. Are you kidding? No, I, this is Plus another coming one. off the loss. They lost to them. <laughs> Earlier in the season. They're, exactly. They lost them on opening night. This is another one of those $8 million games. <laughs> I want to bet $8 million on the Giants. If you had that. Yes. Uh, we're we're going to uh, go into overtime in just a second, and we'll do a quick fun load. But um, last thing on the NFL, Bri. Uh, we're going to the game this weekend. It's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, your shoulder will not be sacrificed because uh, I'm sitting... Uh, uh, what do you call it? I'm sitting with Uncle Tom because our seats are all over the place. You'll be sitting with uh, uh, Dan and Evan. All right. So you, you're, uh, last year I beat the crap out of you. Uh, yeah, it was rough. But just around around the NFL, anything this past weekend that you saw that maybe surprised you a little bit, didn't surprise you, uh, do we still think the Giants are the best team in football? Uh, the Giants and the Texans appear to be the consensus favorites as the best teams in football. Isn't it amazing how the Texans, you know, the Texans, after getting destroyed by the Niners, right? Mm-hmm. The next week, the Texans come out and destroy the Ravens. The Ravens coming off losing, uh, what do you call it, Ray Lewis for the season. They, lo- they lost Ray Lewis, but they got Suggs back. Right, but they got Suggs back, but that's not... 
I'm just saying, the Jets have had this happen with Revis, whatever. Like, losing a player that week, it's amazing how these teams come out and get throttled. It's true. Like, losing a player for the season that week, it's it's unreal how these teams just come out and get completely throttled. I don't, I don't think you can underestimate the emotional no. uh, piece of that. Yeah, it's happened twice with the Jets, because you remember the 45-3 to game with the Patriots, they lost... Uh, 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 Jim Len- Jim Leonard on that Friday in practice, and they, right. they wound up losing forty five to three on Monday night. And it happened this year when they lost Revis, and they you know they wound up getting destroyed by the Niners. And now this week the Ravens, I don't, I mean, are the Ravens that much? I mean, come on, what was that game? Forty five to thirteen? It was a yeah, they killed them. Yeah, I, you know, hey, come on. So it's amazing how you lose that inspirational guy maybe on the defense or whatever and you go in the next week and get throttled. Is Seattle uh do we know what to make of them? It's tough to know what to make of them. I think they're going to be around all season, but but how good are they? I don't I don't know. It's tough. They got a great defense. I tell you most of this NFL is it's it's parity reigns supreme. It's crazy. I mean Minnesota's 5 and 2. I know. Who would have thought that with Christian Ponder? Come on now. Yeah, but they got a healthy AP. They got you know Harvin, and they got weapons, and they got a good defense. And you believe in the Falcons? They they had the bye this week. I never six, believe in the Falcons. O. I never believe in the Falcons. You know oh, that. Matty Ice, I know, I know. Matty Ice. All right, so uh, check out BlueHavenNYC.com, um, and also check out our website www.rtusports.com, and we have T-shirts a coming. Okay, we're into overtime. So let's bring uh, anything else on uh, football, Cal, or should we go to the fun load? Why don't we go to the fun load? All right. Let's go to the fun load. Nice. He's back. The bishop. Pop culture PJ. Hi, Peach. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the music on in post. You can kill the music. I'm going to put it on in post. I haven't heard that song in a while. I guess you didn't download last week's fun load, did you? No, I, I lived it. <laughs> didn't need to download it because I was part of it. I was knee-deep in it. I was there. Got to put it on in post, you with your fancy talk. Uh, Yeah, fancy talk. You like that? A little shop talk for you? We're going to do any looping? Any ADR work going to happen? How'd you like that? <laughs> How'd you like that Mickey Rooney impression, by the way? Solid. Yeah, I I just remember him telling those stories, and he does Mickey Rooney really, really well because he was on set with him. <laughs> what's, your wife, what's your wife dressed like a two dollar whore? <laughs> the big, biggest star in the world. Uh, I've heard from a lot of people that those nineteen thirties and forties stars very salty. All of very them. salty. Yeah, very salty. Well, you could be back then. It was uh, it was charming. Men were men. And, uh, you know, ridiculously chauvinistic and uh, sort of animals. Much different Everybody time. was smoking. Everybody, right. Everybody smoked and drank, and uh, I was born in the wrong era. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, all right, Pigeon. What do you got for us? It was the popular thing to do. I wanted to ask you guys. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to put my finger on your pulse. I'll talk about this. 
jokingly call me Pop Culture PJ, which is, of course, ironic. Because I don't know anything about pop culture. I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, So I went out and I compiled a short list of uh, what was popular. Like, officially popular. Right now? Life? And I, and I wanted to, I wanted to see if you guys agree. Wait, wait, wait. Popular now? Yes. Some of the very most popular stuff, and I want to see if you approved. Do, 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 do you do you guys uh, run with the tide, or uh, or are you uh, are you against it? Do you push back? Do you say no, no? Who's I disagree with that. Who is the authority that you're pulling from to determine what is popular? Mostly dollars, sales. I see. Uh, in, so, in some cases, uh, there are records of stated preference. Peach this is exhaustive. I didn't do anything today except this. Downloads? <laughs> didn't work. Didn't take care of my kids. Nothing. Hmm. I locked the cat out. And this is what I did. Is that prison slang? No, I locked the cat out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a euphemism? Okay. No. No. All right. Let's have it. All right. The most popular vegetable in the world is the carrot. And the most popular vegetable in America, which I would dispute is a vegetable, is corn. What do you think? <laughs> so you're saying Deserved? Uh, Undeserved? I, I, I love it. I love this. Is it just our opinion? Could be your opinion. Could be your wife's opinion. Could be what you've been told. Well, you just told me what is popular. So who am I to That's argue? If, 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 you, if you go by the numbers, it's the carrot. If, Although if Americans believe, buy more corn than carrots. If you believe what they'll have you believe. That's right. That's, this is this is more of what I'm getting at. You think that's BS? Do you think people secretly like something different? Would you, I, like, uh, to make a, would you like to make a case for something else? I'm going to... I have no problem with the carrot being the most popular vegetable in the world. <laughs> I think it's I think it's versatile. I think it's good for you. I think you can use it in a, a stew. You can uh, you can eat it plain. You can shred it, put it on a salad. You can make carrot cake. Come you make the case for carrots. Where did no, the corn Where did the corn come in? I think corn's a grain. Well, yeah, I don't know if corn's a veg. Corn's a grain. Well, how Isn't can it? corn be? Is it? <laughs> We need a horticulturist. I don't know. I mean, you can't find... There's no vitamins in corn. What do you get out of corn? Besides you, sugar. Look, this is personal, by the way, with you and corn. All right? Let's just admit you, to everybody that you told me four years ago I should stop eating corn. you got to get off corn. Absolutely. <laughs> you tried to get me off corn. Right. No, I'm not... I'm not... I'm not... I'm not going to lead a campaign. You against did? corn. Anti-corn? You're I might, actually, I, I might sign on to a campaign against corn. 
But yes, you heard me say it's not food. The fan? Or the vegetable? Or green? (laughs) Corn with a K? Are you against? I'm definitely against the band, Cal. Put me down as against the band. Oh, definitely. What's the opposite of solid? (laughs) (laughs) Soggy? I don't know. No good? Uh, you are you are against big corn. You're taking on big corn. <laughs> I'm gonna be hands off more. big corn for a while. But so that was <laughs> that was veggies. You anti corn bastard. All right. Uh, no, I have no problem with the carrot. Cal, you feel good about the carrot? Yeah, I, I'm not a huge carrot fan myself, but I can I agree with with that. Oh, and uh, right. you know what the most uh, popular vegetable to grow. Different from what people buy and eat. Tomato. T- tomato, correct. Isn't tomato people a fruit? People love to grow themselves tomatoes. Isn't a tomato a fruit? Because it's got seeds. Yes. But so it always falls into the but somehow food category. It counts as a vegetable. Oh, you it's know, you said the most popular... Juice. What else can you say? It's the most popular food to grow. That's what you said. Food, not yeah. vegetable. Okay. Yeah, people love to plant themselves some tomatoes. That's true. Now you can hang them upside down and whatnot. Okay, what's next? Now to fruit. We'll, we'll get out of food in a second. All right, sir. Most most popular fruit in the world? You can probably guess. The apple. The banana. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> Ooh. I did not see that coming. And uh, in America, depending on if you uh, research sales versus preference, uh, the banana is still a huge, uh, the, the biggest seller, but uh, also apples and watermelon. Wow. So do you think uh, those are eclipsing anything? That should be... Uh, I don't know how it's not the apple. I I, I, apple I, I say apple. Cal... I feel like strawberries. Right. <laughs> wow, that's loud. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Turn it down. Yeah. Preserving one's hearing is popular. <laughs> turn, turn, you got to turn it down more. It's very loud. Man, what's going on? I don't know. Compression. God. Everything's hot. I guess so. You feel like the strawberry should be in there, Cal? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the apple should clearly be the most popular. Mm-hmm. But I could sign off on a strawberry being in there, or an orange. What's the most popular I, fruit in the caveat? Apple. What's the most I popular think fruit I think that your kids make you buy but they never eat? Bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always brown. <laughs> they don't have a chance. Always. It's like when when you buy the bananas, they're all saying to each other, oh, man, we had a chance. Now we're all going to turn brown and get thrown out. None of us are getting eaten. You know that. If they're lucky, they get baked into a bread. Right. <laughs> we're going to the Calvi house? Oh, man. Baby the, the, the worst. Real quick on the banana, the worst thing <laughs> with banana <laughs> is they can't finish a banana. They don't finish a banana. They take two bites and then they leave it on the table, and within 30 seconds it's brown. Wesley, and they definitely don't want it then. No. 
I'm Let's wondering take, if perhaps when my kids leave the that. house, if they don't immediately go to Calvi's house and pose as his kids. <laughs> because they do the exact same stuff. It's ridiculous. It's universal. It is universal. Just wait, Steve. Just wait. There are, there are Wesley, Wesley does it now. all over my kitchen. He does it now. He eats half a banana a day. That's part of kid orientation, I think. <laughs> it is, it's right in the syllabus. Right. How to eat half a banana and leave the other half out. It's right before leaving every light on in whatever room you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Do, you have, do you happen to walk around and, and count off the light bulbs? Because I do that, because I'm, I'm psychotic about that. I just give the I don't work for the electric company line. No. What am I, Lilco? I don't yeah. work for Con Ed. I rattle it off. 19, click. 22, <laughs> click. We know, Dad. <laughs> All right, let's go to what was next? Baby names. Baby names. Oh, Two good. Sets. Let's let's end with this because we got we got wrap. Oh, we went eighteen you... more minutes last week. We did. Go ahead. Sorry. As well, if you're gonna wrap, I'll, I'll run. I'll run through. Uh, I'll run through them much faster. Um, baby names uh, by the internet. Liam and Emma. Yep. Well, but we know. We know how we know how Cal feels about Emma. He's, like got one. He's got one of those. I've got an Emma. Does he regret it? Uh, now I do. Because <laughs> now it's popular. <laughs> but according that, see, that now that's the internet disagrees with the Social Security Administration. I did my research. What are they according saying? According to the SSA, the actual most popular names are Jacob and Sophia. So everybody re- reporting to the internet. Saying what, saying what they, you know, what names they like the best. They're they're full of crap because the ones that are actually on record are Jacob and Sophia. So prepare for a lot of Jacobs coming up. That's crazy, Sophia. Sophia. Yeah. Well, the SSN stuff is just by the numbers. I mean, it's literally by how many children were named that on their birth certificates for that. They community. literally give you a number, Steve. Yeah. No, I, well, I, please. <laughs> I have a much younger child than all you guys, so I've been on than both you guys. So I've been on these sites way more recently than you have. Yeah. So I know Amazing that one by track. heart. Um. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we didn't go with uh, with the Jake because we didn't want him to be one of uh, you know seventeen Jacobs in his class, and uh, well, we wanted to uh, to spread it out a little bit. I think the whole ba- the whole baby naming thing is a separate fun load. It really is. It's it's. Oh, I'll it's, put a star next to that then. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. It's nuts. It's the only thing that's more difficult. There's nothing more difficult. I was gonna say, in in my experience, naming a band was pretty difficult. Yes. Only only because you're trying to get four or five idiot guys musicians. And in some cases, one girl. Right. To to agree on a band name. Let's call it Lancaster Sally. <laughs> Let's call it Hand Shot First. <laughs> Can we not? Sledge Funk Burlap. Right. What? Let's spell Coca-Cola backwards and see who notices. <laughs> the most popular yeah. movie in America last week was Paranormal Activity. I don't think Steve agrees with that. No. Not, not like Argo? Argo was number two. Not the Master? The Master 
was uh, not on the list I saw. <laughs> Did not make our list. The most popular movie of all time is Gone with the Wind. I disagree with that. That does not deserve that popularity. No oh, way. Wholeheartedly. That is overrated, that little thing. Overrated is not a strong enough word. <laughs> it's a little... It's a little like how John Candy feels about his wife in playing strands and automobiles. It's not a strong enough. popular love. car is a Toyota Camry. I believe that. I buy that. You support it? It's a solid car. Yeah. I rode in one once. It kind of hurt my butt. Other, other most than popular the, uh, truck in America is the F-150. Other than the acceleration problem, everything's cool with the Toyotas. Well, they fixed that. It's okay now. Yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. That happened, by the way, that happened literally. My Uncle Tom has bought one Toyota in his whole life. <laughs> he bought he bought a Camry, and that whole lawsuit, like everything came out literally like a week later. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, yeah, there you go. Win. There you go. Okay, I, 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 I got three to wrap up, and then we'll be totally done. Okay. What do you think the most popular cheese in America is? Oh. Cheese? We're back with the cheese. All roads lead to cheese. We need Swiss. to get it. We need to get a sponsor, a cheese sponsor. Um, I, did, I didn't hear Calvi. Swiss. Okay, Swiss. Cheddar. Not, not K-Swiss. Swiss. <laughs> not, not most popular sneaker or hat. <laughs> the most popular cheese in America right now is mozzarella. Ah, que fa. It's nice, this one. Marona minchia managi. In the world, in the world, of course, cheddar stands as king. The most popular meat in America, you can probably guess, steak, beef, uh, beef. Yeah, it's what's for dinner. Wait, that's well, you know the most popular be- uh, the most popular meat worldwide. Dog, goat. <laughs> it is goat. All it right, is everybody. goat. Delicious. Some people pass it off as lamb. But they're giving you goat. <laughs> they may okay, say. And, fi- and finally, by 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 album sales, by record sales, rather. Oh boy. The most popular songs. So I uh, I discounted um, ringtones. Good work. Now they're charted by like radio play, record sales, and ringtones, and ringtones just skews everything. Right. You know, if you believe ringtones, like Lil Wayne is is the most popular <laughs> artist in the history of all time, and that's not, li- not true. Lil Wayne, not little. Wayne. <laughs> Lil- that's Lil Richard. Can't do that, Cal. <laughs> I, I'm not street enough. No. It's Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> that's Lil Wayne. <laughs> Little Wayne. Mister Wayne, or shall I call you Lil? Mr. No. L. Wayne. Uh, the most popular song right now? No, no, no. Most popular songs, the most popular singles uh, songs ever. Ever? Yeah. Ooh, my own. They, they, uh, they made me. They made me sad. All of them. <laughs> is Thriller? Is... <laughs> Thriller? No. Brought everybody to a complete halt there, Cal. Well done. He said it made him sad. Right. Oh, I love Thriller. I love that album. I love that. That album's great. We're talking about a single, right? Not an album? Single. 45 
Can you give us an era? Um, the, all the. Was that a difficult question? 1985. How many are there? There are there are three that are head and shoulders in uh, in sales beyond all others. All right, so you need three. Three, yeah. and it's from 1985 on. Yeah, or 84. Is, is one like a Britney Spears song or something like that, or? No, sir. Okay. But like a virgin. The 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 third biggest seller, uh, Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You." Oh boy. We're not even close. Okay. Oh boy. Oh it's boy. Played on a loop. In the the second biggest seller is Dolly Parton's "I Will Always Love You." <laughs> no. No, that did not chart. Strangely. Yeah. Number one, Lil Wayne's "I Will Always Love You," and I, I admit that I I liked "I Will Always Love You" in the movie and probably the first thirty times I heard it. Little Wayne's "I Will Always Love You." It's a, it's a ringtone, number one. Worst cover ever. Ever. Diminutive Wayne. <laughs> uh, "I Will Always Love You" is number three. I got nothing here. You, you're gonna have to. I mean, it's a broad range here. Okay. Well, that that one that one sold uh, five million, close to or, or, or slightly over. Number two uh, was "We Are the World." Oh boy! Which man? I can't wow. hit the stop button fast enough. When I <laughs> wow! <laughs> Only on very rare occasions can I reconnect to that song and be like, "Oh, this was nice." Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> mostly I just roll my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Oh boy. <laughs> uh charity songs. These are always death. Krusty's comedy cavalcade. We're gonna but get that letters. Sold, that sold eight million units. Wow. All by itself. Oh boy. Is number and one Aha's take on me? It is not. Darn it. So this was inconceivable to me. I, I guess I, I guess I just forgot the era. And the end of the year and what people were doing. But in 1997, Elton John John re-released Candle in the Wind. No, 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 no. Diana. You're going to need to stop right there. And it became the number one by far, shattering everything else. Now, not in ringtones. In ringtones, he has a lot of catching up to do. Wow. But that is the number one most popular best selling single of all time. Wow. Is that, is that, that justified? Wow. Is that solid? Wow. That's the worst news I've heard all day. That's what I said. I was like, oh man. Just, it makes sense. <laughs> now this. Sorry, I thought I'd give a little hallelujah long note. <laughs> Did this one come in and the what, top what 100? What wouldn't be improved by a little hallelujah long note? <laughs> Is it re- it's re- Elton John? Really? Elton John. Goodbye, Britain's Rose, or whatever, or England's oh, Rose. Oh, gosh. I mean, it was just the, the tortured lyrics and rhyming, and it was all just, I guess everybody was just weeping so much they kept buying it. Wait, the new version of it? Yeah. Yeah, the ver- the version that they changed the words up and dedicated Goodbye, it to Diana. England. England's Rose. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, boy. Yeah. No disrespect to the royal family, obviously, but... <laughs> of course. You don't want this getting back to them. <laughs> well, just in case, you know. Really, that's something that Snidely would say is not top table and not a good end result. <laughs> That's a, an awful end result uh, for Dwight. Uh, what's that on John's real name? Dwight? Reg- Reginald. Reginald, Reginald, Reginald Dwight. Dwight. That's it. Reggie Dwight. Reggie Dwight. Wouldn't it be great if his name had <laughs> just gone with Reggie Dwight? Reggie Dwight John? Reggie Dwight John. Would have been a completely different artist that you would have envisioned in your head. <laughs> like a completely different looking artist than you would have envisioned in Probably your head. Probably a little more soulful. There's the touch. Wow, that's a fantastic list, and that's one of the more unfortunate things I've ever heard. No disrespect to the the Royals. Doesn't say at all to be the most popular. Oh, boy. All right, let's get out of here. Sometimes you cheddar, and you deserve it. Sometimes you cheddar, and you deserve it. Sometimes you're England's rose. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, All right, PJ, final unload. Final unload. The studio rebuild has begun, and I'm very excited, and uh, I'd like to be uh, start giving you guys updates as we go along, and uh, you can find out uh, how much money I'm losing, and how it's not working, and how I hate my life. So, it starts today. Thank you. Sounds uplifting. Okay, uh, Cal, final <laughs> Happy 8th anniversary to my sister and her husband. Eight years ago today, they got married, and uh, they're still going strong. So happy anniversary to those crazy kids. Aww. That was a popular day to get married. October 23rd. I know a couple of people. But I'm not wishing anybody else a happy anniversary. Just them. Is that your anniversary, Peach? No. 10-18. When is it? 10-18. Uh, so, oh, happy anniversary, Tom. Oh, happy anniversary, Peach. Uh, 27 years of wedded bliss Um, and uh, my final unload is a little shout out to uh, a reporter named uh, Andy Martino who uh, was so offended that a fellow reporter uh, said something about Carlos Beltran uh, that he viewed as uh, not being objective because it was a guy he had covered for the Mets hey Andy pot Kettle, wow! Are you kidding me? You have, you have been unbelievably unprofessional so many times in describing and covering the Mets. It's, it's not even funny. Uh, and you, you probably forgot about our little exchange about uh, the the Mets on Twitter earlier this year. But uh, Andy Martino, great job, really, way to make me laugh heartily. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Cal, uh, it was a pleasure. PJ, a pleasure. Thanks, boys. We'll see you next week, huh? Sounds good. I'll sure there. does. Show's getting popular. Oh.